It's our end of the year craptacular. You need uh, my dulcet tones to put you to sleep at night? You let me know. These aren't the droids we're looking for. I didn't run the table <laughs> and I didn't run the class. As a matter of fact, I'm not exactly sure where I was that entire day. We've illustrated is that Jeff doesn't listen to me. An adult flubber flub? Friend, 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 friend. <laughs> We've got a new MacGuffin. Anytime we need to move on, we'll just say Aaron's calling in. JoeCustoms.com is the home of the world's premier G.I. Joe customizing website. Its purpose, to learn, improve, share, entertain, and showcase the work of the customizing community wherever and whenever possible to whomever shows interest. We'll help the community. Wherever there's customizing, Joe Customs is there. Joe Customs. Hi, this is John, a.k.a. P-Love. And I'm Dan, a.k.a. The Spectre. This is Matt, a.k.a. Hypno Hustler. This is Dennis, a.k.a. Dr. Bindi. This is Joe Michael Seventy, aka Jolly Saint Nick. Every time, so hey, it's consistent. Yeah. Hi, and welcome to what Jeff has been calling this our uh, 2015 end of the year craptacular. We're gonna go over some stuff that's happened since our pre-assembly required, and kind of touch on those before we kick into the segments. You know, I think I think for 2016, I'm gonna have this new thing where. I'm just going to have like a little laugh track that I'll just hit a button and we'll get the Scooby-Doo laugh track going. That's more like Muttley. <laughs> that was more like Muttley. That was totally Muttley. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a good start. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, it is our year-end craptacular. <laughs> Why raise ourselves up at this point? <laughs> so, assembly required... We hosted the vehicle customizing class, but we got to meet a really good diorama builder, and uh, Dennis was able to interview him. Dennis, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. We got there. Well, I, I didn't get there super early. Some other people from the team got there a little earlier than me. But anyway, as uh, everyone was setting up for for the show, uh, I showed up and I you know got to see all of the the normal display. You know, kind of taking a peek at what new figures are out and what ones I recognize and all of that. And I start to notice that on the table right next to ours um, are these just amazing sets getting put out one after another. Uh, each one is just this huge wooden box, like half table size setup. And I mean, he's got so many that, that are coming out. They're getting stacked on top of each other. There ends up being this, this like L of tables flowing away from ours with all these uh, all these dioramas just one after another and it's just amazing as you're looking at them and thinking well i'm seeing all of our figures here and i'm seeing all of these really impressive dioramas here without figures maybe we should you know be teaming up and putting these together but i'm just watching all of it and uh, as the day goes on uh you know, we, you know as we're man in the booth uh and i start talking to the guy's name is jason uh he goes by gi joe king just one just a normal guy just just Fits in with our normal crew, uh, just just really hit it off and uh, was having fun. And I was struck by the fact that you know, he was as impressed by what he was seeing on the table uh, of our side of it as as we were uh, with his stuff. But you know, Bucky started to get some of his figures out and taking advantage of the fact that all these sets were were empty and starting taking pictures of doing that and uh, just just inspiring. I took a lot of pictures. I know those will come up here when we play this, but uh, as the day went on, uh, you know, P-Love and I were talking and we decided, hey, we need to get this guy a little bit more involved on the Joe Custom side. So I went ahead and, and asked him some questions and hopefully the recording turned out pretty well. This is uh, Dennis here at Assembly Required 
and uh, we've run into a very talented uh, diorama customizer set up next to our table, putting ours to shame this year. Uh, this is Jason. He goes by Cobra King. G.I. Joe King. G.I. Joe King. See, I'm already messing this up. And uh, we're going to show some pictures of some of the work that he brought here, but uh, we're going to chat with him a little bit as well. Jason, how are you? Doing great. I tell you what, man, it's an honor just to be beside your booth. Well, I've seen your guys' stuff for years, and it's amazing. So uh, is this your first time setting up all of this stuff at a convention? Yeah, I've never... Um, Never brought anything to a convention before, but live here in Iowa, so it seemed like the time to do it. I, I could see this being a haul if you took it all to a, a G.I. Joe con sometime. <laughs> yeah, it would take a little while. Uh, you, what, what you're not seeing here until you see the pictures are, are two, was this two tables, three tables, uh, spread out of uh, just some of the most impressive woodwork and detail work that you'll imagine. Make sure I'm still recording here. And... Uh, I just want to go a little bit here. And what got you started into into doing this? You know, I think um, right when I got back into collecting, when all the toys were coming out again, uh, I came across General Joe's website and Justin Bell and his dial stories. And it's just one of those things where I was like, you know, I have the toys, but I want the environments for them to be in. So that was the inspiration to start building. Uh, but the community has also provided so many great ideas. You know, I've always been the guy lurking in the back, paying attention to everybody's posts. You just use the best ideas from everybody and start making your own stuff. It sounds like uh, the recipe for probably about half of the people who customize <laughs> is steal and borrow as you go. Absolutely. Um, of what you have on display here, uh, and I've taken pictures and I'm going to show them, what are the uh, the titles or the scenes that you've depicted on some of these? Yeah, well, it's always about what do you want for your toys. And Like I have a dreadnought base where it looks like a biker bar, but then there's a secret entrance to the to the weapons storage for Cobra. And, of course. And um, had to make a pit. I had to make a pit, and I have a couple more levels, too, on my website, but you'll see the main comms room, CIC room, and then you'll see, like, a you know, a vehicle bay. Uh, then some of the smaller dioramas, just um, somebody gave me the idea for a DVD storage shelf and making dioramas for that. So you got a little Cobra stockade, Doc's Medical Bay, um, just some things like that. And then you got this big jungle diorama, which is probably the most recent one I made, uh, just the idea of Joe Troops attacking a Cobra facility somewhere. Now, is there a, a format that you try to follow when you build these? It looks like most of them have kind of a, a wooden box shape to them. What, what, what's your design plan when you do that? My mindset is, how do I make these store into a room? Uh, so a lot of times, it's I think I went to a store and bought shelving, and so I try to design the diorama so they fit, fit and slide into those shelves. Sometimes they fall, um, hang from a shelf. Sometimes they slide into other shelves, but it's more about, I only have so much room, i got to make it all fit somehow. Sure. So when you do the pit, is that designed then to be stackable somehow, on, or either on the shelves or directly? Exactly. And, the, you know, I always change my mind, too. So I want to be able to pull them out, rearrange them, and, and move parts around if I have to. So that's kind of the mindset there. Yep. Great. Uh, of what you've shown here, what's your favorite piece that you've made? You know, I think I'm always going to like the Dreadnought Biker Bar. You know, because that's always kind of what I envision. Grant, I want to do a swamp dial someday. Sure. But until then, I always thought, you know, they need a place to hang out. Anybody else, it looks like they're just a place you don't go. And then you open up the grape soda pop machine, and there it is, the secret entrance to the weapons room. So we have to take some more detailed pics of that. That's great. Uh, Jason, thanks for taking the time today. You bet. Like I said, you guys do great work. So It's, awesome. really, it's really fun sitting up next to you. <laughs> cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. That was good. He's fun. And I it's just one of those things you have to see the dioramas to kinda 
to kind of get it. But I think when it, this goes up, seeing it along with what you're hearing, I, I think it'll make a lot more sense. No, I was just gonna say the, the the part that really just sticks with you when you've seen it is how sturdy everything is because it's all built. All of the the framing is built out of wood. There's no, you know, when I build a, a cool diorama, I mean, half of it or more is you know cardboard or styrofoam or something just just as a prop to help display the photo. This guy's actually building furniture, uh, so when you see it, it, it just sticks with you. But so that was the last bit for that. Yeah, wood is actually very good for uh, for parts of the diorama. When I built my large uh, spaceport, uh, the 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 hangar bay, the floor, both levels, and the rear walls are wood with other stuff attached to them. So the whole thing's nice and sturdy. Like you can shake it, and, and nothing you know wobbles or wiggles or falls off. I'm sure but it's, a, it's heavy though. The other thing about his uh, diorama pieces is they're also all pretty much uniform, and they're built to sit side by side in these in those big double wide double tall plastic shelving units that you get you know with the tubes the castle destro stuff and so yeah he's got like a whole room where he's got like two sitting side by side you know about four tall and it just it's pretty astounding it looks like a museum very nice yeah overall ar was fun again nova and not picard and i got to help uh brian sauer put together some of the kids' packages and the ticket packages along with a couple of other people that showed up early on Friday. And You lucky guys. Just the amount of stuff that they give to kids. It was like a free comic book or two, an action figure, you know, carded figure, and then just all kinds of stuff within that. And not to mention, like, you know, the, what do you call it, where they had to go to each booth and talk to people and get their little ribbon to get another ticket. For stickers, yeah, that that was the the scavenger hunt that they did again this year it was fun, and just all all the things that were there. It's got it's certainly not as big as JoeCon, nowhere near it, but it, it's it's makes it more intimate. You know, there's a little bit of everything, just not as much of it. Yeah, I want to see if I can get there next year. I wasn't able to do this year, but I'm hoping next year to be a little more active uh, convention wise. So hopefully next year. That's a good time every year, and I'm always. It's always surprising to me how big, uh, you know, a crowd of people that that I know or that we know makes it every year. It's from from a considerable distance too. It's really cool. I mean, there's people coming in and out of that show. You know, it's free to attend, so there's people coming in, staying ten minutes, people staying throughout the whole entire day. So it's got a rotating cast throughout the day. But we did have a few people pass over, cross over the parking lot and go into the customizing class. Matt can talk about this. What was your takeaway from it? I thought it went well. There are things that I hope we can do differently in the future. But for our first attempt, I was I was pleased with how, how things went. We got a, you know a decent amount of people coming through. They, they The people that, that came and, and participated really seemed to enjoy it. And that was the big thing for me. It's like... Okay, maybe the turnout wasn't you know what, what I might have expected, and we didn't have as many people stay and actually make stuff as bought kits, which I, I, I was expecting um, to some degree. But uh, the people that that were there and did complete stuff, oh, it was they they had a great time, and I could tell, especially the kids. Uh, it was really, I mean, again, not something I was necessarily expecting, but uh, it was it was really cool to be able to like take these kids through it. 
and to know, you know, like after the fact, I could tell that they were really happy with what they had made. You know, it wasn't, and then, you know, the, the, the ideas that they had, it was like, okay, one of them just wanted to make, like, yeah, I just want to make a, a Mad Max interceptor. So, you know, we helped them, took them through that. And the other kid just was like, you know, doing whatever the heck you wanted. And it was, it, it was a crazy, awesome custom when it was done. So that that I, I liked, and you know, from reports after the fact, um, we've we've uh, converted some new people here. So that's always an important thing, especially with uh, you know the the main group of customizers. We're all starting to get a little bit of long in the tooth, so we had, we need new blood in the hobby. There were some killer customs that came out of that, and just interceptor we expected. And, you know, Matt had made a a good version of that, but to watch that was his first custom, and he makes the Mad Max Interceptor. So it's like, I don't know about you guys. The, my first custom ever was a, you know, Star Wars off-screen vehicle with a Cobra sticker on it, you know? <laughs> so it, it kind of blew that out of the water. Well, and it was awesome too, because I gave him like, you know, here's my minute long dry brushing, you know, demonstration super quick. And then, you know, I just gave him the brush and the paint and he went and did the whole freaking thing and he did it better than I've dry brushed some stuff. So uh, some people just have a knack for it. They really do. It, it's like anything else. You could be a great musician picking up an instrument the first time. Oh yeah. Well, it, was, it was awesome. I could tell, I could tell he was, you know, pleased with his, with his skill there too. So no, it was, that was, a, that was a great experience. Yeah, you know, I hope we can either do it in a as, as its own thing, separate from the show, on like a different day in the future, or at least have it in a place where we're not so separated. Yeah. Just because it really, it really felt like you know, because I was up there for about half the day, and then John was up there for you know pretty much the other half, and you know we didn't really get to see the show. And I feel like if there had been more people who would be able to like walk by and see what was going on, we would have had a lot more people being curious to try stuff as it was it's like you already had to either know about it or you know be interested enough to walk across the parking lot and up the the fire escape and you know hang out or whatever so it was uh i like to get you know more into the actual con with it but uh for for a first for a first year i think i think it was awesome i'm, I'm hoping we can do it again but so you had to go across the parking lot and then go up the fire escape yes it was a very involved Final Fantasy-like quest. You had to, you know... <laughs> yeah, it, it was in a completely separate building and on the second floor. The space we had for it was good because it was actually yeah. like an art classroom, which helped because we there was some stuff that we probably should have thought to bring, but we didn't. So they had bowls for water yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. So we, we weren't, like, totally out of luck when, when it came to that. So it, it was good for... It was good for what we were doing in the space. It just was a bummer that the space wasn't part of the show floor. Yeah, but with you the probably venue, got more eyes that way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And with the with the venue that the show was in, I don't know how how that could have worked. But uh, hopefully, you know, down the road we'll be able to find something that's gonna that's gonna be a little more uh, you know part and parcel with the show itself. I I gotta t like there were some great customs. I, I know I already said this, but I don't want people to think what I'm about to say is the meaning of their work. There were some really great customs, but those I expected. The girl who showed up with her younger brothers, who totally didn't want to be there, but was there because the dad had the two sons, and all of a sudden took, like, you know, we had a bunch of fodder out there in case people wanted to 
go off script with it. And, you know, we had like the Moray engine in there and a bunch of other bits. And there was like a cheap, you know, Walmart knockoff helicopter in there. And she customized that and she blinged it out. (laughs) (laughs) She was in there the whole day. Yeah. She ended up helping Dennis and I clean up that room. And it's like, you could tell by the end, she, she liked customizing. And, and that, that little part of it where at the beginning she was just kind of there, just didn't want to be there, was bored. And then by the end of it, she was all about it. That was pretty awesome to see. That is cool. That is very cool. You know, here's one way that we actually did fail as a group is that we should have had this set up. Who's typing? Nope. Tell the truth. Sorry, I was transcribing your hatred about to come forward. (laughs) No, but one thing that we should have done is that we should have set up either a group project type dumping ground or a Facebook group dumping ground or some kind of dumping ground where the people that went off site and customized at home or even the ones, you know, we could have taken pictures there too, but just so that we could have had, you know, a single repository of all of the stuff, you know, Everybody's customs from this this project, well, including that helicopter that that girl did in red and blue. That was awesome. Yeah, I wish well, we now you know what to do next year. That's all. Did anybody get pictures of that helicopter? I I did not. I would have to go back through and check. I I can't remember there, if we did or not. There's a a slim chance I got one because I know there's I pictures of all of the vamp builds. I made sure we got those. Yeah. Those all went up on the Facebook page. But we should have handed out a card with all the kits and said it. You know, if and when you ever finish something, please I, make make it be part of this group. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely did it with all the ones we sold after the show. And, and we ended up selling through except the one that kept back for prize. So Really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, That's great. We sold two of them while we were packing up Nova's truck. Oh. <laughs> like, like, while we're loading the U-Haul, people are like, do you have any more left? It's like, yeah, yeah, we have a few. And next thing I know, I'm underneath an overpass at night dealing out of the back of Nova's truck. Well, so many stories have started that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So another de- another dealer putting plastic crack into people's hands. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that whoever, anybody who bought kits, you know, that either didn't work out on the show or bought them after the show does, does share, because I'm really curious to see what other people have in store. Yeah, that, that's what I said. Anytime anybody asks about it, it's like, you know what, and tell me when it gets there and show me what you do with it. I, I don't think people get that. When you're a customizer, you like customizing, sure, you like it when other people like what you do, but you just like customs. You like seeing it. And so when you see that, you're like, oh, man, why didn't I think of that? When Jeff showed off his Smoking in the Bandit Vamp. I'm like, ah, oh, that's just brilliant. That's just so outside the box and so perfect for him. I mean, that's what we do is we look at the same parts and see different things in them. So especially for me, because I designed the kit, I'm really curious to see what other people see in it and can do with it. I mean, the DeLorean thing was great and the Bandit is great. And then the stuff that was done at the show. Um, and what? Inspired, and what? What? Ruining my, my train of thought here, Jeff. <laughs> um, but the stuff that was at the show... Wait, stop. Did you guys drop me? I missed that whole thing. Which part? The DeLorean thing was great, but... And then all of a sudden, I was, like, dropped from the conversation. I never got to hear the rest of it. He didn't mention you. <laughs> all right, continue. See, now I'm going to, like, start over. Get my, get my flow Wait, back. Wait, let's pick up where 
John, I really liked your DeLorean. (laughs) (laughs) You know, John had his DeLorean that he was working on at the show. That was a great idea. Uh, Jeff's Bandit, the, you know, the Red Shadows version, the Interceptor. I'm really curious to see what other people, you know, where other people take this basic build. Because there's a lot of directions you could go with it, and I'm sure there's a ton that I can't even fathom. So I'm really curious, and I'm anxious to see it. Well, it was a very versatile kit. I mean, you could do a lot of stuff with that. You put the tanks on the back, you can make an eco-warriors version. You could do, there's so many different things. Dreadnought colors, you name it, it can be done. Well, and then the, the stuff that we saw at the show that was inspired by the, because Brian got bored in casting everything in black. So he just started doing different color sets. And there was there was a set that was like a red, white, and blue set. So one of the one of the people who came to the show that was the set they bought, and they're like, "I'm gonna do like a super patriotic vamp." And now you know it happened that there was some uh, you know like metallic sparkly blue paint in the the paint box that somebody brought. So you know it's this chromed out red, white, and blue you know truck. <laughs> 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 You know what's funny about that? You can't say his name anymore. He's beyond us, yes. <laughs> but it was if you say his name three times, he appears. He's got his own design page. We can know he exists. <laughs> yes, but we're not allowed to tell people that we know that he exists. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's funny about those colored parts was that uh, Nova gave me a three-drawer plastic drawer th- set. That's what we brought to AR. The bottom where the original cast parts and the mock-ups that Matt sent them, along with a, a couple of uh, master copies for the mold. And then in the next bin was all the black parts. All of them. Not bagged, just all the parts. And in the bottom were all the color one-offs that he did. And he goes, yeah, you know, like Matt already said, he got bored, and so he did all the colors. Well, I'm like, well, you could have bagged him. He goes, I brought you a sandwich baggie, so... For the way to AR, I was bagging parts. And I got to tell you, after 20, and, and not Picard was doing QC on it. So I would bag them. He would tell me what I'm missing. <laughs> and I think we got about 10 into it. And he told me that the, the gas tanks on the back, one of them was different. One of them had a side nozzle. So we had to go back through and do that. So I finished <laughs> off of 20. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to him to figure that out. I think I did 20 and I was like, Oh, wow. You're right. Just bagging these. It's boring. <laughs> so I went into the color parts and I was like, okay, what parts make sense? Dreadnought's ground colors, those were pretty easy to, you know, he, he made a couple of sets of green and neon green. All right. A couple of that had, you know, silver sparkle to them. All right. Uh, fun school cop, super cop, fun school MRF racing and stuff. That part was fun because you're trying to think, what would you do with purple and blue and gold? You know, what, how would you mix those if you could? And so that's what we came up with. But it's funny. He said it and I just kind of rolled my eyes and just bagging them. I got bored so quickly. <laughs> And that was a long story. <laughs> I'll edit that down too. It was true. It was boring. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but if you have long stories like that, it makes our, our show even longer, you know? It makes it look more impressive when they look at the runtime and it says like four and a half hours, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's what people are like, oh yeah, I want to listen to that for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Sputnik does. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I wonder how, how long did he take to go through all of our shows? Did he, like, shotgun them one after another, or did he just, uh, you know, do a little at a time? Probably a little well, bit he hasn't, he hasn't driven anywhere to punch any of us, so I can't imagine he just mainlined them. But... <laughs> <laughs>
by the time he was done listening to all the shows, he completely internalized us, and he has us in, in his head now. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that show, Herman's Head? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, that's what Splutter's got going on with the four or five of us. <laughs> it all makes sense now. That explains yeah, some read, of the text. some of the posts, it does make sense. <laughs> so you were doing the, you, were, you did the class throughout half the day, John. What did you think? I was just there for set up in the end. So, like, I missed the, the big chunk in the middle. From running a class standpoint, having it be an open class, everybody can kind of check in when they want to. But it was so small that essentially one person would come in, we'd get them started, and they'd be like a half hour into it, and then somebody else would come. And so it just constantly felt like we were going through the steps as new people came in. There was no like, okay, now let's go over this topic, because there was no time to do a singular topic all at the same time. So we just kind of did one-on-one attention and would kind of rotate through it as a team, especially once Dennis got there. He could handle like the dry brushing and the detailing and stuff, and you and I would switch off and pass off, uh, oh, you should do this, or what What are you trying to accomplish with that? You know, did you get the stickers kind of deal? So it was it was a lot of rotating through, and I, we made it work, but... I don't think it was ideal because we couldn't cover actual topics like, here's what you can do to ad- ad- advance it. We were just kind of walking them through linearly. So what would you recommend next time that we say, look, it starts at 11 o'clock. At 1 o'clock, we'll do be like three parts, like uh, beginning, intermediate, advanced. We'll do it at 10 o'clock, 11, 12, and we'll do it again at 2, 3, and 4. Something like that. It probably not. Yeah, that's, that's a better idea. A little more organized. I think it worked all right because we had the new field manual page kind of took you through it step by step. So if we had something like that, I think for enough for some of the people that was enough. You know, it's like okay, yeah. here's here's the sheet. You can just start working from this, and if you have questions, we're here. You know, I think that worked fairly well. But I agree that something a little more organized would probably be helpful. The trick is going to be: Are we going to be able to get enough people there at one time to make that even feasible? Yeah, and I, I think the other, like, doing actual instructions step-by-step, step, the field manual is meant to kind of be like a, here's how to prep a vehicle. So it's supposed to be general. We didn't actually touch on, like, here's how you remove the back vents on, uh, you know, American Hero version of the vamp, you know, the original vamp. We, we didn't really cover that kind of stuff because it was never meant to be that kind of instruction. And I think going forward, it would be that kind of instruction. Like, we would lay out how to break down the vehicles we intend the kid to be for. So, yeah, like Matt started off with way back when, there's room for improvement to make things a little bit smoother for us and for the people. What we do next year is going to be better than what we did this year, and it was already good. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. It's a learning example. You know what worked, what didn't work. You can apply that towards next year. And make it an even better, more enjoyable experience for everybody. Maybe I'll even be there to help you guys, you know? Nice. You're more than welcome. So Dan knows what he's just volunteered for. How was the... <laughs> hey, if I can get out there, I'll definitely do it. How was the table? Like, what was your sense from the floor? Who are you talking to? Well, I wasn't there, so I couldn't tell you. You can make something up. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I wasn't up at the class, I was walking in between the table and the class. <laughs> well, this doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> I didn't run the table and I didn't run the class. As a matter of fact, I'm not exactly sure where I was that entire day. <laughs> that, that shouldn't surprise anyone. That sounds about right. 
And then you woke up in the parking garage and your, your head hurt. <laughs> anyway, to answer the question, um, I thought the table went pretty smooth. I mean, it, it didn't seem like there was as much traffic as uh, last year to me, but there were a handful of people that came up that uh, I think really genuine interest in uh, in the topic and would ask good questions. And you know, people were getting the handouts from uh, at the table. We had the handouts that were still from uh, I think JoeCon. So there's some people come up that, that, you know, usually what would happen is somebody would walk by and they'd see a particular character that they really uh, were excited about. And then that would start the conversation and that would then branch off into questions or something else. But uh, you know, overall activity level down, but the, the activity that was there was pretty solid. I want to jump in and just say there were some times when I was at the table where I was recognizing people from last year, but also from two years ago when we were in the library. There were some of the same people that were coming by and commenting on some of the new figures we had, as well as some of the ones they would be like, oh, I remember that. And that was pretty cool. Hi, this is Lance Sputnik, a.k.a. Jason. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, if you're into that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, that's that's about all I've got. Hey, see you in 2016. You forgot, uh, <laughs> you, forgot uh, you know, Kwanzaa and Krampusnacht and, and Hanukkah. Yeah, I'm not really, I don't really understand all those, so. <laughs> <laughs> do, do those have a version of Bah Humbug? <laughs> yes. Be nice to my guest, man. Yeah, he really, really hounded me to do this. That's fantastic. All the cool kids are doing it. You got to get on, you know? Well, my dinner's getting cold. But Nick, what was your favorite part about 2015 on Joe Customs? Go. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) There you have it. No, um, actually, I uh, had an opportunity this year to go through and get caught up on listening to all the old podcasts that I've missed. And I greatly enjoyed those a lot. I haven't had a lot of time to do any actual customizing this year. So uh, I kind of will take what I can get as far as that creative energy goes. And the podcast was a good way to fill in that void uh, a few times. So it's been uh, probably one of my favorite things about Joe Customs this year. So if you listen to all the podcasts, who's your favorite host? Say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would be... Damn. I know it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Jason. I appreciate that. Hey, yeah, no problem. It's just that smooth, silky voice, you know. Well, I am available for, uh, you know, phone messages, things like that. You know, you need uh, my dulcet tones to put you to sleep at night, you let me know. All right, that's just got you. Fresh bad. <laughs> <laughs> He'll come out of the closet so you can see him now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jason, we don't want your dinner to get cold. Thank you very much for coming on. Eh, No problem. What's for dinner? Some enchilada thing from the yard house. It sounds very good. That smells amazing. That does sound good. Yeah. Thanks for being a good sport, dude. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to come on. Hey, anytime. When I have it. Merry (laughs) Christmas. You guys have a good night. You too. You too. Later, man. Bye. See you, Jace. Now, see how easy that was? That wasn't so hard. (laughs) (laughs) We might have a couple more guests stopping by later on. Oh, that'd be cool. More than merrier. Oh, that's fantastic. This is a freaking Osmond special. (laughs) This is our end of the year 2015 blowout special.
It's our end of the year craptacular. <laughs> Emphasis on the end. We're going to pause for station identification. Do you find yourself jumping from half-finished custom to half-finished custom? Do you have a workbench full of works in progress, yet you still keep building more? If you do, you may suffer from customizing attention deficit disorder. If so, the Joe Customs Podcast can help. Our highly trained customizers can help get you back on track by sharing their expertise and techniques so you can get some customs completed. That is, if they ever get any of their own customs finished. That's right, the JoeCustoms.com podcast crew suffer from CADD just like you do. So who will be better to help you than others who know your struggle? Taken once monthly, the JoeCustoms.com podcast can help reduce procrastination and result in a higher percentage of completed customs. Side effects may include the purchasing of additional fodder, multicolored paint stains on clothing and furniture, exacto wounds, and an unhappy spouse due to excessive hours spent in your man caves. Ask your doctor the Joe Customs Podcast is right for you. I'm Dr. Bendy, and I recommend to all of my customizing patients that they try two doses of JoeCustoms.com podcast and call me in the morning. So what's the deal with this toolbox thing? Bendy, who had the idea first, me or you? Me. Tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, it was me. With <laughs> Tell the truth. Document, documentary evidence. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, uh, like a year ago uh, when we were talking about the manual and then what we were, we're going to start uh, start doing, I came up with the idea uh, of uh, a, a website with uh, Adam Savage uh, posting like every single item in his primary toolbox. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of things in it that I thought, oh, maybe I should get that and try that out and whatever else. So I came up with the idea of, well, maybe that should be something that we touch on as like a running bit in our manual is, you know, peek inside the toolbox and here's the different things that we, that we, that we recommend uh, trying out. Here's the basic set of what you have to have. Here's some other stuff. And for about 12 months after that suggestion, there were the equivalent of internet crickets chirping because nobody apparently thought that I had a very good idea. Twelve months later, Jeff comes up with the brilliant idea, hey guys, why don't we have something about our toolboxes in the manual? And now we're talking about toolboxes. <laughs> it takes Jeff to get things rolling. Thanks, Dan. No problem. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, how are you enjoying that Gatorator? <laughs> I, I, what? <laughs> what word was that? The Gatorator. The bone oh, I sent you. Wow. Not, not what I thought. Anyway, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Actually, I, it's one of my favorite things, and I'm actually going to be building a display around it. Wow. Nice. I know. Don't tell Kevin Watts. He's got a big enough head. <laughs> going off this toolbox thing, we don't know where it's going to go with the, the guide. We, we've got some ideas, or Jeff or and or Dennis have some ideas, but... <laughs> Let's do a thing about our toolboxes. <laughs> well, that's a great idea, Dan, but hear, hear, hear me out here. We should do something about our toolboxes. Oh, that's an awesome idea. What do you think, John? <laughs> <laughs> nah, it'll never work. <laughs> well, our fearless leader has spoken, so we'll just... So, the on that. <laughs> what items in your toolbox do you consider like absolutely necessary? I got a weird one for you guys. I use old toothbrushes to do splatter effects. Got it. I'll take an old brush, you know, they, they told the bristles are all splayed out in a million directions, dip it in a little bit of paint, rub off as much as I can onto a paper towel, and then just flick the the bristles, and it throws little tiny drops of paint all over whatever you're painting. 
you end up with some really cool weathering effects, and it almost looks like um, that new uh, Vitruvian Hacks Ultimate Spartan that's coming out for NJCC. How it's got the little speckles all over it. You get an effect just like that. Essentially, free supplies because you have to replace your two for whatever it is, three months. Yeah. So you always have a new one coming in. Yeah, I do. I have one. It's also good when you get in some grimy fodder and you need to just kind of clean it up a little bit. I use it for that. Oh, too. yeah. I use it a lot. I use my toothbrush in my kit a lot for uh, if I've screwed something up and need to strip the paint. It's good for, it's not abrasive enough that it's going to damage the plastic, but it's abrasive enough that it's going to get the paint off. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The one, the one like weird thing in my toolbox that I, I always have to have toothpicks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, do we have anything that isn't part of dental hygiene? No. <laughs> uh, I'm well, I'm just glad that you the guys. First thing that you need is a custom wipe. Well, who's uh, talking? Uh, oh, oh no, you have the floor, Jeff. No, see that, how it that, is. First Dennis of all, everyone's talking over each other. Dennis had the idea to talk, and then Jeff had the idea to talk. It's <laughs> <laughs> repeating itself live on the air. I think what we've illustrated is that Jeff doesn't listen to me. <laughs> I said, Jeff, what we've illustrated. <laughs> I know what you're doing here, Counselor. <laughs> you're, you're badgering the witness. <laughs> no way. I don't know. From your mood, you could probably use a good badgering. <laughs> but if we were playing dodgeball, he'd be out. <laughs> oh. All right, I'm, I'll say this tonight. Dennis, just talk. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that all of us can say so this. The thing about the toothbrush is <laughs> <laughs> this all has to stay in the show. This is this is gold right here. Uh, cookie Monster. Well, I figured if I just threw him a non sequitur like that, I could actually get my point out because everybody will stop. <laughs> See, including me. <laughs> He defeated your own purpose, then. I'm still thinking about Cookie Monster. All right, so the first tool we all had as customizers was a screwdriver, right? Right. Mm-hmm. No. No. All right, so three out of five say yes. The first thing you need is a screwdriver, especially if you're doing ARAH custom. If you're a Joe customizer, yes, you need a screwdriver. The second thing you need is an X-Acto knife. Yep. And then you need a paintbrush and, like, four colors of paint. Black, white, tan. Give me a fourth. Blue? Blue, yeah. Or Cobra. There you go. Green. Those are the first six, seven things you need. And if you're doing ME customs, you need a stove and a pot of water. I put mine in the microwave. Or that. Yeah. I don't have the patience for uh, waiting for it to boil on the uh, on the stove. See, I, I do stuff in big groups. Like, I'll just wait till I have a pile of stuff I need to pop apart. Or I'll, or I'll get it going, and then I'll just, you know, leave it on low and, you know, hop step in and out as I need to, and then forget about it and boil all the water down. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the smoke alarm goes off. <laughs> yeah, you know. I think you do. <laughs> I have a glass right, so, hole that'll fit like six or seven figures in it. So I fill that about an inch from the top with water, put it in the microwave for five minutes, dump all the figures in it, and then pull them out without scolding my fingers and pop them all apart. So, so If I could recommend one thing for your toolbox, Danny, it would be a mini pickle tong. What? Tongs in general or a slotted spoon? I don't know. I got rhino skin. I just reach in and grab the stuff. Say pickle tong. Pickle tong? <laughs> <laughs> I am not your monkey, Jeff. <laughs> But you did it anyway. I'm feeling generous tonight. Everybody gets one, Jeff. <laughs>
I'm going to be good with that. I can finally breathe freely again, so I'm good. So my big takeaway for the conversation so far, uh, first of all, thank all of you uh, that mentioned using an old toothbrush for the paint splatter technique because that's going to change everything for me going forward. <laughs> I hadn't thought of the old one, and it's enlightening, and it's going to have, uh, I think, probably, to be quite honest, a, a very positive effect on my health as well. <laughs> the, the other thing is I've, I've been sitting here thinking about like the essentials for this toolbox thing. And I'm thinking, you know, the first thing that every customizer needs in their toolbox is a screwdriver, right? <laughs> Second thing's probably an exacto. You wrote all this maybe, down. Maybe like a tooth, uh, well, not, I don't know. I, I lost my train of thought. I was thinking maybe like, uh, you know, something maybe like, three, four colors of paint and a brush, something like that. But Jeff threw me off. I'm not going to remember it now. <laughs> yes, it's we can title this episode, Welcome to the Toolbox. That way, when people go searching for, you know, all different types of podcasts, we'll get a whole bunch of inflow from people thinking, you know, it's like an adult uh, flub or something, you know? Nope. An adult flubber flub? <laughs> well, oh. Adult flubber flub might be a good title, though. <laughs> they're doing a lot of road construction here in town and there's all signs all over the place that says raised manholes I think we just send that over to oh my god guys do not google this do not google it <laughs> <laughs> let's see Dremel I, I think the first time I used a, a rotary tool it, it changed everything because all of a sudden any idea I had in my head, I could carve away at the plastic and make it happen. That was a game changer for me. Hot glue, being able to pop on any, you know, ball jointed head, Star Wars, Marvel, on any size ball neck, that's time saver. I've tried other stuff. I've tried tacky stuff. I've tried tape. Because it takes a while for the hot glue to warm up. So I've tried other things trying to save myself time, and in the end, it always ends up being hot glue that I end up using. Nova would say that you should give the customs the time they need, not the time you have. Wise words. Yes. But I'm saying, like, I'm just trying to use it to tack it in place to see if the head will work, you know? It's never the permanent solution, because like I said, it never works. So I'll do something, I think I used the tip of a Q-tip once, just to hold the head in place so I could see how it would look. It did, but the first time I turned it, it fell off. And it's like, from now on, I, she said. I, I don't even, I just skip that. It's like, I, I don't try to just use, just try to use it for placement. I just go ahead and hot glue it right from the start. I've had great success with using a Sculpey 3. I'll fill, if I, if I have a, a head with a larger cavity than the neck ball I'm putting it on, I'll fill it with the, the Sculpey, press it into place, and, you know, of course, some of it will ooze out around the outside. You just take that off so you get the, the proper fit that you want, put it in some boiling water. It'll harden up, and you got a nice permanent, uh, you know, basically uh, it adjusts the size of the, the cavity to the neck ball. It's really good, and it works pretty well. It will fracture over time. Like, you know, Sculpey has a tendency to come apart after a couple of years. But then you just repeat the process, and you'll have it again for another couple of years. Or you can use hot glue and not have to ever do it again. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> At least I, I haven't had you yet. But then again, I haven't been doing the hot glue thing so very long. The last one, I rubbing alcohol. I use that as a paint thinner. I use it to clean the brushes. It just works for me. So, you know, that 91% big word I can't pronounce right now. Isopropyl. Isopropyl. Oh, Jesus, look at that. John. 
I'm afraid I usually have to get faction symbols off figures, like the Cobra logo or, uh, you know, the little stars on the G.I. Joe figures. Takes it right off. It's great for that. So I always keep, you know, those little mini bottles of hand sanitizer? I'll use up the sanitizer, but I keep the bottle and I'll wash that out and refill it with rubbing alcohol. And so I always have one or two of those in my, my travel toolbox. Which hey, I still counsel for the Joe Customs podcast. I recommend against doing that for those of you at home. <laughs> I'd like to add a little one thing about this alcohol is that uh, I've got a stainless sink, stainless steel <laughs> sink. You know, one of those chromy looking ones that I use to wash my brushes and whatnot. After a while, it starts looking like crap. If you rub it down with that 91% alcohol, it looks brand spanking new. So there's a little cleaning tip for, for you to uh, use at home. Now we have to rename the podcast to JoeCustoms.com and the Home Repair Podcast. Yeah. Well, if you're a customizer, you already know that. (laughs) So anyway, other than giving uh, Jeff a bunch of crap there, the the one uh, tool that I use that hasn't been mentioned quite a bit would be a pin vise. And uh, that, for me, comes into play just because i found that I do a lot of not just part swapping anymore, but uh, part splicing. Dennis, if I could interrupt for a second, Counselor, what's another name for a pin vise? Um, Mini screw? A micro drill. Micro drill, okay. Thank you. Sure, it's not pickle tongs? That's two. (laughs) I guarantee he says it once more this week when he's not even on the show. (laughs) Yep. He's going to just like the sound of it rolling off his tongue. Pickle tongue. That's what she said. Um, (laughs) Anyway, the the, the pin vise, because uh, I do a lot of part splicing where I'll take, instead of the lower leg, if for some reason the knee joint doesn't fit and I want the boots off of one figure to be on another, I can I can just you know use the X-Acto and splice it. But rather than just glue it on it onto the next uh, part, actually use the pin vise, drill mini holes that are smaller than what uh, you know, normally I'm going to get from the Dremel or whatever else, and I, I can just do it at my bench and uh, use like a, a thick paper clip to pin to uh, fusion area, and uh, just having that on hand makes for a lot of, uh, of quicker effort without having to grind the Dremel at one in the morning. I was using it maybe like two, two and a half hours ago on a custom. So, yeah, I agree with that. Well, I can open up a toolbox and tell you what's in it, but I think everybody gets the basic idea. And what's more is that we should probably start a thread when this podcast goes live to just say, look, what's in yours? And we should probably do it in a beginning, intermediate, and advanced set. And I think the other thing that we talked about when we initially brought this up, Dennis, was that it should not only be a list of what's in our own boxes, but what would be a shopping list for someone who's just getting into it. Is there anything for a great article? You put photos and everything, too, so people can see exactly what the, you know, an idea of what they should be looking for. Is there anything for customizing on your Christmas list or holiday gift list? Yes. I was waiting for Dennis to step in. What is it? Different size collets for my Dremel. Nice. That is handy. Yeah. Ask me why. That's because you want to use smaller things. When you're nope. Bigger things. Spin welding? Dan, can you do me a favor? Sure. Can you give John a game show, You're Correct, Sir? You're Correct, Sir. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. No problem. Always happy to help. What exactly is spin welding? Well, here, Dennis. Why don't you go ahead and tell him? No, no, it's not that. I was just going to come out and you got Dan to dance like your monkey again. He didn't even realize he f- <laughs> did it. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood tonight. I'll be in charge. <laughs> Dan's on the Robitussin. <laughs> no, I know, I know exactly how to play to Dan's specific weakness. Kryptonite? <laughs> yes, kryptonite. Dan, can you say kryptonite in a game show voice? <laughs> 
You've won a lifetime supply of kryptonite. Just saying. Hey, Dan, can you say, Dan, you've lost that green laser? <laughs> Dan, we're sorry to say you've lost the green laser challenge. <laughs> well, if I didn't spend half the year, you know, trying not to die, I think I probably would have actually got a lot more done. <laughs> sorry. That's a pretty good excuse, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm laughing at your ailment, but... <laughs> well, Dan, you might die any moment, but it's funny, so that's why. I'm I fear, laughing, Dan. I only meant I'm, I'm laughing because that's my favorite moment in 2015. <laughs> what, am I almost dying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was an actual spit take. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you know what you got to do to make uh, 2016 great for John. <laughs> no, the green laser challenge. Uh, <laughs> Wait, are we are we gonna talk about the the purple laser green laser challenge tonight? Wait, is anybody else smelling grape juice? Just me? What? Oh. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna have purple boogers for a week. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, we start. We I thought we were still talking about the toolbox, but then we started talking about the challenge. What? Are, no. And then I feel like we there was something in the middle. Dennis, I know you're taking notes. <laughs> He's just trying to figure out if he can unfriend all of us. Spin welding. Oh, yes. Hypno, <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> so, you know, Matt goes to a lot of toy stores, and I don't. And Matt's always like, hey, do you want this or that or the other thing? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And then, like, four or five months go by, and then he buys some stuff, and then I pay for some gas, and then he buys some more stuff, and I'm like, oh, what do I owe you? And he's like, blah, 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 to like the eighth decimal point. And I'm like, Jesus, dude, how do you have that all in your head all the time? Jeff, that is the most bad, awful spin welding tutorial I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I know even less about spin welding now than I did before you brought it up. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be Jeff's secret technique. He's going to make sure nobody else remembers how to do it. I'm 99% spin welding. He didn't mess it up that time, but it still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, the worst part is, is that our Miho isn't going to listen to it anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, remember 99% chip proof or whatever it was? Yeah. He still won't give out a secret. I know a secret. Deal with the devil? There's some pale moonlight involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to spin welding and a Dremel and a large collet. Actually, didn't I link to the spin welding thing on Joe Customs? I believe I did, to a YouTube video. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but then it just rickrolled us halfway through, so we have no idea what it is, so. So you take a piece of styrene, or like, for instance, a piece of a sprue off of a plastic model kit, and you put it in the collet of your Dremel, and you line up two pieces of plastic that you want to weld together, and you turn your Dremel on, and you literally just use the styrene rod in the Dremel to create a weld between your plastic pieces. And so my goal is, after Christmas, to fix the veins on my killer whale. Kenner used to sell a kit where you could do that. They had a Batman one. They had a, um, there was a Jurassic Park one. They had kits. It came with a, a little spin tool that you put the little plastic rods in, and you could weld the pieces together. I remember, I actually have pieces of one of the Batman ones in my in my parts box. What do you think they called that? I don't remember what the, the line name was. I think it was called Spin Welder. That's very possible. I mean, it was a long time ago. It was in the 90s. What was the one you found from the 70s, Jeff? <laughs> that, that, actually, I think that was the 80s. I think that was an 80s kit, Matt. Somebody had one at AR. They didn't have the actual Spin Welder. They only had the, like, the refill kit, the parts box. But, uh, yeah, the guy behind us had one at Assembly Required. 
And it reminded me that I needed to get on this because it's a good idea. So, yes, that's what I have on my list, and that's going to be in my Christmas stocking. Well, there's a lady spindle out. That's what my <laughs> wife will have. <laughs> Jeff, could you do like the, the two minute version of your review of that other um, device, the, the plastic, the, the special light to try to weld it or whatever? Uh, Did you, even, even if it's just to say it doesn't really work for, for the type of stuff that uh, that we're doing. Cause I, I was kind of excited about it when I saw the. I know. Give me a second to find it. Go on to something else. I'm going to find it so I can get the, the name. The Kenner toy line were called Power Star. I actually found online the instructions for the Batman kit that I have in my garage. Turn your spin welder into a riveting gun and rivet the body. Now, cover up with spin welder power. Let her run. The spin welder rigs are bad for the parts to weld and rivet two race cars from Mattel. That sounds frightening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that voiceover guy sounded a little ominous. 70s Mattel. So we'll own your soul. <laughs> Sounded like you when you were on the phone earlier. These aren't the droids we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first thing I tried, well, I've tried many things, including the three doodler. Thanks, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> there was this new thing going around lately called a bonding. You guys heard of this? Yes. I think you told about it. Oh. All right. Well, for the rest of you that haven't heard about it, what it amounts to is a little tiny pen, not unlike a super glue applicator pen, that puts out a resin, and then on the other end of the pen is a UV light. So you spread your resin around, you flip the pen around, and you hit it with the UV light, and it cures the resin. It's the only thing I can think of that comes close to probably be like what dentists use to like put a little seam across kids teeth and whatnot just to just to keep it from decay that type of stuff what was the name of that product bondic b-o-n-d-i-c uh, we use a similar thing at uh, the company i work for to uh, mask molds for polishing all right so i tried to use it to fix my whale veins and the problem with it is is that it's not an adhesive it doesn't stick to anything so it, it creates bonds but it needs something to stick to. So they recommend, you know, if you're trying to do smooth surfaces, scuff them up with some sandpaper or something like that. So I tried that and that didn't work. So then the next thing I tried to do, they recommended was to drill a couple of small holes. So I drilled a couple of small holes in each side of the whale vein that I was trying to repair. And I drug a line of resin from each hole to each hole. And they also say you can build it up to create a stronger bond. So I did that a little bit. And then I cured the whole thing. And it had some flexibility to it. And I was like, well, wait, this might actually work. So I did the whole thing. And I got the whole vein and propeller and everything all put together. And I was like, this is fantastic. I've been waiting, what, 25 years to fix this. I turned around and dropped it on the floor and the thing fell into pieces. So, yeah. I think it has applications in our hobby, but I don't know that it's worth 20 bucks yet. It certainly doesn't repair the whale vein, so we're going to try spin welding next. What would be great is if they actually came up with a, a home sonic welding kit, like the, the how the sides of the action figures, the old-style ones, were put together with the sonic welding. If they can make something like that, you can make pretty much unbreakable bonds. It would take a lot of force to, to break it because it actually melts the ends of the plastic together with, with sonic waves. How would you do that in a home environment? Well, I'd have to, you'd have to see what the commercial one or the, the industrial one looks like and scale it down, I guess. But if you look at the, the old Star Wars figures from the 70s and the old Mego figures, they were held together. Their, their torsos were put together with sonic welding, and they were very, very hard to get those things apart. It became almost like a solid piece. 
You know, I always thought that for some reason I thought sonic welding was like a vibration thing. Like it vibrated so fast that it turned into a weld. But that doesn't make any sense. They'd call that vibration welding. Yeah, not necessarily. Hey, P-Loves. Yeah. John, Silent Master wants on. <clears throat> That's what I'm doing. Trying to add him. Get Bucky as well. Apparently, <laughs> ultrasonic welders are not that big. They, they look like a large coffee machine. I'm looking at them now on eBay. What's the price? Well, the price on them, it's a little pricey. They, they tend to run about a, about a grand. But I'm sure, you know, if they can make a, a smaller, less powerful, because these are all industrial ones. Somebody call Joe Harris. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is the type of thing he'd be into. But yeah, that was, that was an old um, Kenner Amigo thing, and you couldn't really break the torsos on those figures. You had to take a hammer to those things. You'd probably be able to fix your, your whale vein real easy. Factor, did you ever have a whale in your life? I had a fat ex-girlfriend. That... <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I did have, uh, I actually had two whales growing up. I had the standard one, and I had the black Night Force, um, the Toys R Us exclusive one. Are they out in your garage right now, and if they are, I call dibs. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know if I still even have any of the parts for them. Because when I was like 13 or, or, or 14, 15 around there, I got rid of all my Joes. So I don't know if I even still have any left. I doubt it. I mean, I can take a look. I have a whole box full of, like, like repulsor lift and hovercraft type parts. And I know I have some ducted fans in there. I don't know if they're whale or not. Offer still stands. Yeah, like I say, if I, if I find them, I'll definitely look for you. Thank you. No problem. Hey, Silent Master, how's it going? Oh, it's doing pretty good. Just sitting here with a nice little uh, cup of sippy sippy. Nice. Okay. Next time someone says, hey, Silent Master, how's it going? Just be quiet. <laughs> yeah, that could work too. Dennis likes to call those uh, pod garitas. Or, or pod uh, dog if you're in the, in the mood for the season. Yeah, fresher pod dog. No, this is, uh, well, the handle of Jack I've been working on and root beer. <laughs> Where were we at in our conversation? Oh, uh, you were, were talking. talking? We were talking about spin welding, but we had one more thing we came from and one more thing we were going to. We discussed very briefly sonic welding and then the ingredients in Windex. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Why don't we ask Silent uh, Master the same, the same stuff we had for, uh, for Lance earlier? Yes. Perfect. What was your favorite Joe customer customizing moment from 2015? Favorite moment? Uh, it'd probably have to be the... Uh, the Joe's Cantina. Sweet. <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious. That's, that's the first thing that pops into mind. I mean, it, it incorporated uh, everything that we stand for. And plus, uh, you know, uh, Dennis threw in a bunch of, uh, you know, references to all of us and, you know, just kept it going. I mean, I think that thread's probably still going in the on Joe Customs, although I haven't been on in, I don't know, a couple weeks. Don't worry. It doesn't hurt my feeling. <laughs> yeah, Dennis, oh. I'm still waiting for me to show up in the Cantina, too, you know. There's a lot of people who are still pending. <laughs> well, I think I told, uh, I was talking to Dennis about it, I told him space monkeys. <laughs> and then I told him, at one, at one point I did tell him, I said, you should make Chief a space monkey. Yeah. I, 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 did, you, did you notice I at least left in the little chance uh, yes. when, I, when I presented Chief that maybe he would be a monkey and then I decided not to tempt fate? <laughs> it's okay if, if he would have done it just give him a banana would have calmed him down <laughs> well if he's ever, if he ever threatens to come after you he'll he'll change his mind halfway through anyway turn around yeah it's all good <laughs> uh, 
backfield. It's all about the psyops. It's all about making you think in your own mind what he would do to you. <laughs> Let me ask you this. We, this was one of the topics we had before. What's in your customizing toolbox? What's like the one item that either people don't think about or the, your one go-to item? Tape. Like what kind of tape? Ooh, that's a good uh, I, Well, I, since I work in the uh, uh, aerospace industry and in that we use masking tape to tape stuff off because it sticks to everything. And I, I get whatever size masking tape I need and that from work and stuff. And it's almost, it's the same, it's the same stuff as painter's tape, but it's just, it's in a green color. I mean, you can, you can just work with it, especially when you're taping off vehicles to uh, do masking and uh, any other uh, major uh, modifications. I ask because I literally have every kind of tape in my toolbox. Duct tape, masking tape, scotch tape, electrical tape. It, it's all in there. And then in different sizes, too. Yeah, well, I mean, I have all the other tape, too, but it's, uh, a lot of times it'll work, you can tape something off, you know, if you're, you can use the tape to kind of handle it a little bit easier, too, and if you're using any type of vise, put a, put a couple layers of tape on, it'll keep from cutting into the plastic when you, uh, clamp, clamp it down in the vise. That's actually, that's a great point, nobody else said tape, and I, that's a great point. And then, of course, uh, I use the gel control, uh, super glue. It's What's probably the my second super glue. It's That's the that, yeah, the, the actual super glue brand. It's the gel control. It's in it has the blue cap. Probably I don't know about the size of the palm of your hand. And I like it because it's a little bit thicker, and you can actually work with it a little more than uh, the liquid stuff. And it still bonds in three to five minutes. Those are really good ideas. Yeah, thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> You know, on the, the tape thing that, that uh, I wasn't even thinking about, talking about this, but uh, I've got a drawer with, just with different colors of, of electric tape. Uh, most of them are vinyl. I've got a, some that are like a plastic version of that. And uh, I've, I've always used those for making holsters and, and different things. But um, recently I, I've been reworking my Batman custom for like the 10th or 20th time and I needed a, a, a new emblem on his chest and I was going to just do a decal and uh, P-Love and, and Killcar and maybe maybe Jeff too said, nah, it needs to have that raised effect on it. The, the decal won't work. So I printed out the emblem that I wanted on paper and I just stuck to the back of that printout a piece of just black electrical tape and then I used the paper as a pattern to cut out around the emblem the way that I wanted. And then when I, when I was done, I used the, the Goo Gone stuff to get the paper and the adhesive both off from that side. And when I was done, I had a perfectly shaped bat emblem that I just was able to glue straight onto the figure and whammo bammo when it's done. Just one small example of the versatility of, of using the tape when you have it on hand. But try this. You know the... the the wax card backs that uh, your sticker sheets come on. Try saving a couple of those, put your tape on there, then all you have to do is just peel the tape off after you cut it. You wouldn't have to work, work yep. you wouldn't have to work with the goo be gone or anything. You just stick put a couple drops of glue on with, with the adhesive and stick it on and iron it out and you're good to go. Another good idea. Cool. Well thanks for coming on Jeremy. We really appreciate it. Oh see I'm all full of ideas now you're just gonna Take me to the side, get rid of us. No, no, no. Actually, some of the yeah. best ideas so far. 
Yeah, that was really good. No, Sean showed you up. Is that what it? No, I I haven't even worked on anything in probably a month and a half. And I think what was, it was the last thing you worked on? Uh, I got some of my uh just head swap and uh, part swapping, just seeing what works because I get bored at night. Hey, are you going to JoeCon next year in Colorado? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to. I think I'm gonna go to uh, I'll fly out to California to Lemoore that week before or the weekend before spend it with my little brother and then fly on like that Monday or Tuesday to uh to Colorado, hang out with Chief or uh, and them and then, you know, for and then head to Joe Con for that weekend and then fly out that Monday. Well we'll see you then. Oh definitely. If if everything works out, which it's looking like it should. So what do you have on deck for two thousand sixteen? As far as customizing or whatever. Just both. Well uh, well, I'm in the process of moving right now. I'm going to move in the next month uh, to a place. Uh, uh, it's called Traveler's Rest. It's the next town just to the north of me. So my uh, my customizing area is going to be limited because I'm going to have to put some of my older stuff in storage. Uh, I'm going to keep most of my figures and some of my vehicles, and i got a few shelves I can put stuff on. I'm just have to, I'm in the process of uh, figuring out what I want to have in the house and what's going into storage for now until we can uh, convert the garage put a room in the garage and turn it into a climate controlled storage to store, uh, you know, stuff like my flag and my tear drums in so that they don't deteriorate any further than what they are. And then I'll have an area where if I want to set my flag up, you know, to do dial picks or whatever, and then take it down and put it back in storage. The days of having a, uh, I'm moving in with roommates. So the days of being a bachelor, you know, by myself are kind of limited at least for the next couple of years until I, things work out here and I decide to buy, buy some property. I'm just going to build a house so I can build a nice man cave in the basement. Nice. And then once I do that, it'll be one half will be game, you know, big screen TV, Xbox One, all the all the all the necessities, and then the other half will be shelves and a, a couple tables uh, just to set dial stuff up on. I got so much dial uh, material, it's trying to go through and get that packed right now. You guys, I'll see something that you know someone will post uh, doing their dials, and I'm like, okay, I can get that. And I start looking at eBay, and a week later, it's usually sitting at my doorstep. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the habitual eBay buying, you know, you can just go on, oh, yeah, I want that, and, oh, I've got enough money, and then you look at your, <laughs> you know, your pay, you know, your paycheck, or you look at your account the next week, and you're like, why did I buy that? <laughs> <laughs> but I have so many ideas uh, for what I want to do for a dial. I, I have enough stuff to do a decent one now, it's just setting one up and actually uh, doing some painting and work on some of the pieces I have. I mean, i got enough figures I got enough figures on the shelf. I I could probably I could probably put throw a hundred up in the a hundred or so up in into the gallery. It's just time. I just haven't had the time lately to do anything uh, figure wise between moving and cons with uh, going to cons with some of my friends and and just uh, you know just life. You know it's the holidays. Uh, granted, next week after next week I'll be off till the first of the year, but I'm gonna be so busy with moving and my parents and you know getting everything straightened out here. And, uh, and everything is, I, I may have time, you know, do like two or three into the gallery at the most. And that's probably because I'll have them set off to the side. Oh, okay. These guys are complete. And then, uh, and a lot, of, a lot of problems I had in the past trying to do stuff in the gallery was my, my laptop crapped out on me. After we did it the third time, I'd be like, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm just not going to mess with it. So stuff just got thrown into the back burner and I just left it there. Hey, hey Jeremy, you know, if you get, uh, two customs submitted to the gallery this year, you know who you'll have more customs than? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I think that's Aaron <laughs> saying he he's ready to come on. Well, what do you got to do? Kick kick one person off to bring someone else on. Skype hasn't been so friendly today, so we're trying uh, to we're trying to keep it one person at a time and move along. Let it, you see here, move along. Yeah, <laughs> I I hate I, I hate to, that before. <laughs> I hate to boot you off, but uh, it, it's been great catching up. I'm so glad you called in. Uh, anytime, just shoot me a text or whatever. I'll come by and uh, shoot you. <laughs> Uh, you know, so all right, good. Boot me off. Everybody have a you know good New Year, merry uh, merry Happy Christmas or whatever you celebrate, and uh, hopefully you get lots of fodder and anything else that's on your list that you know your significant others can manage to find. I'm still trying to find a gung ho pack myself, but I got one. I just want a, another one for fodder. I'll keep my hands peeled. Yeah, if you run across, I mean, I I just want gung ho. I could care less about the saddle trooper. So noted. Yeah, I mean, I have my one, and um, I have, like I said, I'm getting limited on room, so I'm starting to whittle down, like uh, when I posted the thing to sell my Defiant the other day. I just, it's been sitting there, and I have no room for it. So I'm just trying to get, you know, uh, there's a few other things I'll probably end up uh, trying to pawn off on people and just get rid of just to make room in the next uh, year or so. Jeremy, it was nice talking with you. If I don't talk to you again, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Make sure you, make sure you shout out to all of JC. Y'all have a great, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Kwanzaa, you know, Kamele Laka, whatever, whatever you want to do. And, uh, you know, don't, uh, I mean, if you want to sit on your roof and try and suit at Santa Claus as he's coming down the chimney, you know. But... <laughs> 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 hey, 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 I live in South Carolina. I don't put it past these rednecks around here. I really don't. You hear some of the craziest stuff around here at times, so I do not put it past anybody trying to shoot at a drone or anything flying over their house. The views of the guests of the Joe Custer's podcast are not shared by his host. <laughs> yes, they are. Don't, don't let him lie to you. Now, anyway, uh, yes, have a great week, and hopefully I'll catch you at the beginning of next year for the JCAs. All right. Sweet, man. Awesome. See ya. All right, guys. Good to talk yep. to you, Jeremy. Yep. Take it good night. Good. Have a good one. The customizing, customizing workbench. Workbench. Okay, so you guys remember down in Dallas how I was standing behind the Joe Customs table for like hours on end, and I just was like at my wit's end. I didn't know what else I could do. And finally, Billy comes by, and I'm like, Jesus, Billy, can you just take a moment and let me just have a break? And he was like, well, only if you're going to do something worthwhile. And I said, well, I'm just going to walk around the floor and find some fodder, and I'm going to make a custom out of that fodder to remember this weekend by. Because we're in Texas, I think I'm going to call it Chupacobra, and it's going to be awesome. And he was like, well, you have a pretty good idea, so I'll give you like five minutes, and then you're back behind the table. And I was like, fine. <laughs> so I went out, and I got some fodder, and, you know, just like everything else, I'm working all the time, so I haven't had time to finish it. Well, tonight, I'm going to finish it. I do remember the Chupacobra concept. So I'll be, I'm very curious to see where you where you take it. You're going to love it. I went out and I bought the cheapest fodder I could find on the floor that was the most mismatched. And I put something together, and I think it works okay. So get ready. I'm, I'm anxious to see it. Well, like, like I said, a couple of hours ago, I was working on my NJC entries with the pin vice. So that's where my yeah. head's at. What's the NJC theme right now? Star Wars Christmas. Okay. I've got two entries. I'm pretty excited about about one of them. The other one, I'm it's lazy. It's completely lazy. I just did it because I wanted a version of that character and try to squeeze it into the theme because I wanted to do the other one anyway. 
that's usually what I do. I'm trying to just, it's like, oh, here's a theme that I can use to get myself to do something that I was already going to do. Yeah. Or wanted to do. Star Wars Christmas is not one of those themes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't think right now of a Star Wars custom you want to do, you're just not a fan, <laughs> you know. I don't, I don't do Star Wars customs. <laughs> That's but it, you also know, you got to remember for those of us that are older, the words Star Wars and Christmas next to each other have a very bad connotation. I don't know what you're talking about. I would think that would be like <laughs> Happy Life Day, Happy Life Day. That's one of the worst hour and a half of television ever produced. Wait, three hours. Don't tell me you don't want a song dance. <laughs> if I could have found a B. Arthur head sculpt, I might have made one. But just use a Grand Moff Tarkin head for curly hair. Oh, <laughs> sure, she's a lovely woman. Or was, but yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Wasn't she kind of hot back in her day, Matt? Um, I don't believe so. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I think she pretty much always just looked like B. Arthur. <laughs> Movie from the 50s in which Real Clanahan plays a stripper. That's not a good thing either. Always <laughs> kind of manly looking. When I watched it again uh, a couple of years ago, whenever that site was hosting or whatever, that song was stuck in my head for like a good week <laughs> afterwards. Friend, 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 friend. <laughs> God. The only thing that was good about that special, aside from the animated segments, was the, the nice lighting in the cantina. You finally got an actual good look at half the aliens in there. Yes. That was about it. It was like that and the the top collectible card game. You're like, oh, that's what those things look like. Okay. Yeah. Card hand. Yes. If a sand person was going to hit somebody with their stick, mm -hmm. would they hit them with the point or with the rounded curved part? I guess it would depend. Well, if you're going to hit them, I would assume it would be with a rounded part that looks like an acorn. You stab with the other coin. No reason. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, I think we've turned this into a workbench segment. What are you working on? I'm working on a commission right now, which is actually the first commission I've taken in, I think, more than a year. It has the, the unique perspective of being one that I'm doing for my wife's boss. And it's a one where I'm feeling a little bit of pressure on to get right. My wife's uh, career could be hanging in the balance all for how I put together these few pieces of plastic. So I'm taking the job very seriously. But in uh, in actual seriousness, it, it is one I'm, I'm struggling with a bit. It took me a while to get the parts together that I need. Just today, for the first time, really feel like I've made some headway. So that, that's the main thing I'm working on. There's always like three or four Batman-related things on my bench that I pick up and, and work on at any given time. Right now, the, the big project there is... Uh, to my oldest son and uh, do better copies of all of my figures for him. What about you, Matt? I'm putzing with some Marvel Legends customs that I just kind of got inspired to do. I was reading, uh, while I was looking for something to read on my lunch breaks at work, and I grabbed Marvel Masterworks of Amazing Spider-Man early you know, it's the, the Lee and Ditko run, like the first 30 issues, and I've been rereading those, and I was reminded that uh, the Enforcers are awesome, even though they're totally, like, they totally don't work anymore. They're just, like, three dudes, but I love that about them. It's like, here's a, a five-foot-tall guy who knows judo, a guy with a lasso, and a guy who's kind of strong, and they're going to go and fight superheroes. So I've been parting, putting them together, and then I've got a group of customs that I've been kind of Hunting around with using the Imaginex uh, skeleton heads, going to be kind of a I don't know Johnny Quest ish speed racer kind of group of uh, spy villains that I'm putting together. So hopefully I'll be able to get those done, you know, before the end of the year here. Dan, you working on anything at all? 
Uh, the only thing I've really been working on lately, I was it was mentioned on a previous show, I was taking some extra Asylum Daleks that I had from the Doctor Who line and was repainting them in classic series colors. You know, the modern Daleks pretty much only come in one flavor. They're, they're the bronze and gold, and you have the one black one. But that's about it. For the original series, there was probably 20 different color schemes they appeared on. I'm sure more than 20, but I was only able to come down with uh, 19 or 20 of them. And I've been repainting the modern figures in the classic colorations. I've got them about 90% done. I have two that are actually finished that I have to put dull coat on. And the other ones, I have to just go in and trim off all the areas where the colors touch each other. Because there's, there's some little overrun from where it's not 100% neat, so i got to go in and fix that. But I've just been so tired from work that I just have not had the time or the energy. I want to try to knock them out at least, you know, before New Year's. Cool. I have my whip list, but usually I have ones that are already kind of like in, in at least pieced together. This time, I, I don't have one. So we'll see in February what I have. How many figures you got on your whip list? Now, I, I think it's two play sets, a vehicle, and I don't know, maybe like 20, 25 figures yay <laughs> how many figures do you have on your whip list dennis i'm glad you asked jeff i have 467 Jeez, that's not even a real number <laughs> it is a real number i counted that's actually more than i've got i don't have a list that's long but i have easily that many that i want to make someday you see can... ah, dennis it's like you had a big sail full of air, and all of a sudden you're just dead in the water. The thing is, when when Dennis says he has a 467 figure whip list, I think he'll probably actually finish that. Yeah, is that true, Dennis. Probably a 75 percent of which, yes. Where are you going to put all these? Uh, well, his wife's boss, sister, his wife's boss. Guy who washes his car. Most of them get stolen by my by my kids anymore, so I guess that is what it is. So follow-up question. Where are you going to put all those Spartans? I mean, I've got storage. I mean, I've got cases for where I put the customs when they're done, when I'm not using them for scenes or pictures or stories or whatever. The Spartans, you know, the, the foundation question there has to be, what am I going to do with them, period? Because I don't even think they're going to stay as Spartans. So... They're probably going to get thrown into a big box until I figure out what I'm making. Man, I can't wait for those to hit. I'm not just kissing their butts. I really can't wait for those to hit. I've already got plans to use, like, the ocean blue one, trying to make a Chris Star figure. Nice. Good yeah. idea. You could use the red armor for that one, because I, I believe Chris Star is secondary color with red. Right. That's that's the plan. I like the thread that got started on Joe Customs for that, you know, just in terms of, you know, what what, what figures have you already made in your head with these blanks? That's the only one. I, I think Pythona, switching out whatever the club does for a body and putting that on the purple one, I think that was going to be my plan all along. I don't think the body that the club's using is going to be what I actually want. But other than that, I just want it for custom fodder. You know, those blanks coming with extra hands and, you know, the extra heads and stuff. It's like, that's going to be so awesome. Yeah, that is very, very cool. I've got a dozen that I'm waiting on. Dozen! Yay. All the same Spartan or different Spartans? Actually, no Spartans. This will not be a Mandalorian customizing thing. <laughs> I actually put in a, an order. So I went all in, and then I put in a, a pre-order just to grab some extras because somehow I was under the assumption that the green ones, there, there was green blanks, and then I found out that there weren't actually green blanks in the all-in. So I went in and bought a couple more of the uh, Precursed Medusa just to get green female bodies. I need two of them. Orion slave girls? No. Ah, that would be a perfect use for them, though. Keep going. Come on. She-Hulk? Nope. 
Viper? Nope. The female savage dragon? No. Green lanterns? Nope. Moss woman? Well, <laughs> one's Marvel and one is independent. Um, Pass. Mantis. Who? Who said Mantis? I did. You win one. Awesome. The other is independent, huh? Is it a good independent or a good <laughs> independent? It's a fantastic independent. One of my favorites. One that I refer to and do stuff for, and you guys see me post stuff about all the time. So it's a Nocturnals character. Aha! Oh, yeah, uh, Starfish. Well done, sir. Yeah, I love the uh, Nocturnals. They're awesome. I have all the Nocturnals left. So, Jeff, what are you going to do with all your uh, your Gorgons? I'll probably just display them, let my kids <laughs> play with them. I get the draw, and... Being a fan of Clash of the Titans, of course, you know, I have a use for one or two, but for all of them, I... I yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with all of mine yet, either. Wait to have them in hand, and then we'll see what strikes me. Anything that, I'm, that I don't think is... It, it, the, the tough thing, too, though, is it's... Is they're all cool enough where I'll probably feel bad to pack them up for fodder? Or yeah. do one of those deals where I'll finally be like, all right, I'm going to use this, and then I'll use it, and then I'll have go... Once I've already, like, damaged it beyond... Repair. I'll Customizer's remorse. Well, no, no, no. I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll go on eBay and find out what it's going for. <laughs> like I recently did, and I was like, hey, those Star Wars figures are $100 now. I probably shouldn't have t- taken the journal to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the, uh, like the old Republic Jedi are, are quite expensive. It's absurd. And then I'm looking through my bins, I'm like, do I still have all those parts? I'm like, no. <laughs> I gotta tell you, the first thing I'm doing with the skeletons in the set is setting up a Harryhausen diorama. Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I got, I got my, uh, I got four, I think, of those the Spartan boats at uh, Toys R Us. Oh yeah, the Chapman ones. Yeah, yeah, because they were like seven bucks. So I'm like, I'm just gonna buy a bunch of these, and one of them I'm gonna use one of uh, one of Nova's skeleton thrones, and I'm gonna make a skeleton boat. Nice. I have one of those boats. I'm going to actually turn it into the, the flying uh, Viking ship from the second Thor movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because the Chapmay Viking boat from years earlier is the same basic body. The only thing they did was they swapped out the two end pieces on the the boat. Oh. <laughs> so it's basically it's a Viking longship. They, just, they put the, the, a new front and a new back on the, the top part of the boat to make it into a Greek ship. But it's the Viking longboat. The first thing I did when... Uh... They announced the line and started showing things off. Was I went back to the farm and started going through every single closet I could to see if I still had my Kraken from Clash of the Titans because I had that and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I was like, well, damn it, I'll just dip out to eBay and get a new one. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the few toys I wanted as a kid and never had. That and the, the Rebel Transport from Star Wars are like the two things from my childhood I have never been able to get. Hey, I got some pieces for one of those. Do you want them? <laughs> I still have my childhood Perseus figure. I mean, I also had a Pegasus, which I could not find, which also is going for insane amounts right now. Oh, yeah, those Clash of the Titan figures are really expensive online. But the nice thing is now you can recreate most of the characters, at least with the uh, the hacks and some, you know, cast parts. Just get a, just get a PCE horse and put some money on it. Yeah, or actually, um, oh, what's the company? Uh, Safari Limited makes a decent Pegasus. It's about the same t- size as a classic toy. Yeah, don't don't tell anybody else that, or they're going to go up on on Amazon too high. <laughs> oh, please go into Michaels with a fifty percent off coupon. You get it for like three dollars. 
How do you think I amassed all those dragons recently? You, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know that Sansa Time Horse, the one that had the big, overly elegant saddle on it. I ripped I it. I never bought one, but I do remember it. Yes, I I ripped off the saddle and it just had these giant holes. So I took uh, the Toy Biz Angel figure and took those wings and plugged it into the hole. And I was it was pretty cool because it had this huge like you know, two-foot wingspan when it was fully out there. <laughs> Took it, and within minutes, I've broken the wings off. It's like, okay, that's... <laughs> I thought you were going to say she repainted and built My Little Pony character. No, I think that was the plan, but she's like, Daddy, this this can't stand up to play. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had two of those horses. Uh, when the when Target was clearancing out those uh, Prince of Persia figures, I yeah. bought a ton of them to use for customs. And I remember buying two of the, the horse set, because it was down to like $2.00. I wanted the uh, the Prince of Persia figure. I gave the horses to my wife because she was going to do something. She wanted to make um like fantasy animals, so I gave her the the horses. That's definitely one of those lines where I wish I would have bought more of it in retrospect for fodder. The Alamut Gate playset. I bought. I kid you not. I had like twenty of those things. One of the Toys R Us has marked them down to a dollar a piece. I bought them just to get the the Prince of Persia figure itself. The armored uh, what's named Destan. Yeah, I traded or sold off all but three of those gates. I know where two of them went. <laughs> yeah, I get two of them went to you. Yeah, we had that thread on the on the site about like what vehicle or toys would you like to see introduced into GI Joe if they could. And I went back to Indiana Jones. There was the horse that is like the perfect horse in this scale. And if I would have known they were never going to use that mold again. I would have I would have bought every single one I ever saw. Oh, the modern one, the one that was out a couple of years ago. Yeah, because that was a really nice mold. It had a lot of articulation. It was well sculpted. Yeah, a little underscale, but I mean, horses are, are pretty big animals to begin with. So even underscale, at least it was toyetic. It worked, you know, at the toy scale. Yeah, it it was part of a special. Yeah. yeah, it it was part of a more expensive set, which is why I held off in the first place, and then. I never bought it. I bought it after the fact and thought, oh, geez, $20. Do I really want it that bad? Now, yeah. Even at 20 I would buy it in a heartbeat. Stupid. Stupid. Well, if the Lone Ranger movie had done well, we would have actually gotten three and three-quarter inch horses. NECA was planning on doing a line with uh, the, the Lone Ranger and Tonto, both carded singular figures and larger box sets where they came with their horses. And I remember seeing the prototypes at Toy Fair, and they were gorgeous. But the movie tanked, and the toy line never got beyond, I think it was three seven-inch figures. That's all they did. Yeah, and they did look good. I would say yeah. for those two, but not to be. Well, maybe, you know, when Hacks gets around to, like, Wave 6, they'll in- introduce some animals. We'll get, uh, Wait, you know, Pegasus and horses and manticores and everything else. Wait, isn't Wave uh, 4 going to be Western? Is it? I don't remember. I, don't, I thought 2 was fantasy, 3 was space. I don't think they, they said 4. I think they joked around with a bunch of stuff. I don't know if they ever committed to anything. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I think if, if, if a guy just talks loud enough, long enough, it just happens, right? <laughs> I, I know I, I've pitched in, you know, hey, since you guys have this this waste section, this, you know, butt screw part, how, how hard would a centaur be or something? So. Oh, yeah. I've definitely pitched that at them, and I'm sure everybody's kind of pitched animals and beasts and giants and all that kind of stuff to them. If you'll remember, on this podcast, I pitched accessory sets to them. 
when we had Eric on. And they have? Yeah. I even said about doing, like, translucent to show, like, magical energy weapons, and we got the, uh, what is it, the, the, the flame set, I think it's called, with the transparents. I deserve a producer credit. Uh-huh. All right, it'll be on the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve a free set. Uh-huh. The question is, Jeff, if, if Wave 4 is the Western Wave, are you going to make it to 2020 to buy them? Am I going to make it to 2020? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you all have to be realistic here. <laughs> are any of us making it to 2020? I'd... I already laughed at one person dying. I can't laugh at two. <laughs> nice. Especially since one cool. is still on the podcast tonight. <laughs> I'm still on the podcast, too. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, sorry, Dan. What a bunch of ass. I've laughed a few times. We should ditch the Joe Custom bumper and just change it to what a bunch of That'll be the spin-off. Two podcasts. Fodderbox? Anybody getting anything for customizing? gotten over the last um, couple of months tons of safari limited uh, the unarticulated vinyl creatures tons of dragons a couple other mythological creatures most of which are pretty much they're good as is but maybe a little over half of them i have to repaint because either the you know the five-year-olds that make them over in china did a shoddy job or they just came in weird colors so I'm going to repaint them, give them really nice, uh, you know, some of them will have metallic scale uh, details. I'll do all sorts of, like, crazy effects on them if I can. And I've also been getting uh, some from the German company, Schleich, which, uh, as you know, we're very fond of the castles they manufacture. I've been getting some of the, the dragons, and I just got the giant scorpion that was introduced this year that I saw at Toy Fair that I was very impressed with. And they're actually starting to add some articulation to their figures. Nothing groundbreaking, nothing amazing, but some of the figures now sport swivels at the shoulders, and some of them have, um, for holding their weapons better, they have swivels at the wrists as well. Some of the dragons have articulated jaws, they're hinged to open and close, and some of the ones with the more impressive wingspans have uh, ball-jointed wings, where the base of the wing is a ball joint that fits into the the back of the dragon, so you can get some pretty impressive uh, poses with it. And the scorpion, actually, is somewhat well-articulated. There's five or six ball joints in the tail to allow for all different uh, flexible positioning. And it's ball-jointed at the claws. And the claws are spring-loaded, too. If you open the claw and release it, it snaps shut again. So that, that's the most articulation I think they've ever put on a single product. But again, some of them, they will need some repainting. Uh, or you know, Just because they, they came in colors I didn't care for. But they're, they're painted pretty well. I mean, everything is nice and neat. They do some nice airbrush effects. But a lot of it just has to do with the, the color not being the, the color I would want that creature in. Uh, but other than that, I really haven't gotten too much. Uh, just just the, uh, the mythological creatures. And I got some real, real cheap knockoff dinosaurs from National Wholesale Liquidators. They took the Chapmay molds for some of the larger dinosaurs like you'll find in the Toys R Us Animal Planet sets, reproduced them a little little cheaper material. The paint jobs are terrible. They need complete repaints. But some of the, the dinosaurs that come in the big $40 sets, I was getting for $7. And they come with a figure and some accessories. So I got a T-Rex and two, the Triceratops with the weird gap on the top of its uh, frill. I can't remember the, the species name off the top of my head. But the, the small ones were five, the big ones were seven. And they, these are quite large creatures. They're probably eight or nine inches long and probably about as tall. So they're a pretty good buy for, uh, for being knockoffs. But they need complete repaints. They, they look like a blind guy painted them. 
So what we can take away from this segment is that slave labor five-year-olds and blind people are, are not <laughs> impressing Dan this year. No, no, not the least. These, these five-year-olds got to up their game if they want to stay employed in the toy manufacturing business. But the Schleig Scorpion, they did pretty good on that one. Oh, the, the Schleig Scorpion is amazing. I, I love that thing when I saw it at the Toy Fair. The, the guys actually let me handle the prototype a little bit. It was very, very cool, and it's even better as a production piece. Has everybody had their talk about fodder? Um, I no. think that was the first one. Is that your way of telling me that I, I went a little too long? You're going to try to tell me <laughs> I think Aaron's calling in. It's uh, time, Dan, to uh, <laughs> to use that. Oh, my God. We've got a new MacGuffin. <laughs> Anytime we need to move on, we'll just say Aaron's calling in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I got some... Uh, party balloons at Walmart that have uh, lights built into them. You just pull the tab before you're blowing it up, but if you cut the balloon off, they're like really tiny. I'm the tiniest LED with battery lights I've ever seen. The problem is you have to like put the tab back in to shut them off, so there's no on-off switch. But uh, for, I think it was like four bucks or something, you get five balloons, so I, I got those for future purposes. Are they white LEDs? Are they multiple? Do they shift colors? Uh, they're they're single color, but they're multiple colors. So, like, there was a yellow, a blue, and a red. I think an orange and a green, too. Oh, that's kind of cool. You can think of different uses for that. Yeah. These are just with the party supplies or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. They, like, wherever you see, like, the, you know, the glow sticks and glow necklaces and all that, but they have... All those little party balloons, they have light-up ones. I'd, I'd seen them for weddings and stuff where it's like a little bullet shape that you put into the balloon. You turn them on, you p- plug it into it. But these are pre-built into it. Hey. And so when you open it, it's got a pull tab at the end of the balloon. You pull it, and it's it's attached to the other end of the balloon, the, the ball side of it. And it, it'll light up, and then you blow and fill up the balloon. So it's pretty cool, but it's really tiny. Are these batteries replaceable or? or oh no, 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 no! The whole okay. thing They're is like disposable, basically. Yeah. yeah, and but they last. I, I put one in the snake armor, and that thing lasted for I don't know about a week and a half. Wow. Yeah. Can you say that whole thing again? In that, just like drop your octave about one. I put it in that snake armor, baby, and it lasted for about a week and a half. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Jeff. But <laughs> no, I'm still I'm I'm still taking it in, brother. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Dennis. Oh boy, I don't think I can top that. I, I finally broke down and bought one of the uh, multiverse uh, '66 Batman figures just because I have one of the uh, more accurately sculpted heads. I don't know if I got that from Angry Nomad or honestly don't know where I got it, but I. I Figured to get the boots and the belt and the cape and whatever else from the uh, from the multiverse figure whenever I decide whatever body to bash him onto. That way I can make a properly scaled Adam West. But other than that, I haven't really been out shopping too much for fodder lately. Matt, what about you? I don't have any specific plans for any of it, but because uh, Toys R Us had their Joe packs for five bucks off this week, I picked up some extra stuff. But then I've been snagging, you know, Legends here and there, Marvel Legends for various projects, but nothing too amazing or interesting. Jeff? What? 
How you doing? Well, Bucky's calling in. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did that whole thing that Dennis made me do by buying those DC Universe jail two-pack figure things on Amazon. Dennis. Yeah? Your clay did face I made you do that? Yeah, you did. I, I thought Dan of the Dead made, made us all do that. Well, I wasn't going to do it until you did it. Now, I'm, now I've done it. <laughs> did you make a full four-sided jail cell with the, the uh, little pieces that come with or no? Uh, so far, I can only make a three-sided one. So I mean, is it feasible to do it four-sided? I think it's... I don't know how they connect together. I've never seen them together. Yeah, is it the same piece for all of it? Yes, it'll all have the same bent bars in the same spot. But Yeah, if I had one more set, I could do the fourth one. But then he didn't, he only pushed me to three of them, so. But it does link up the end to a four side itself. Yes. That was the question. Well, yes is your answer. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly I've just been trying to sort what I have. To be quite Amen, honest. brother. Yeah, I've been doing that too. And not because I'm trying to get rid of anything or anything like that, but I've just been trying to like be realistic about, you know, I got 150 works in progress and 9,000 pieces of fodder. So, you know, at some point, this will all equal out, right? <laughs> well, there is a point we all have to realize we're going to reach at some point where we're going to realize we'll never get through all the fodder we have. That's why I'm actively in the, the, the course of cutting down on bringing any new stuff in if I can help it. And I'm just going to try to work off what I have. You know, what we should do, because, you, you know, the... You're going to be living off the fodder that you got from IW Beta for a while, Jeff. Uh, we, we should all say, let's pick uh, somebody on Joe Customs who uh, you know maybe isn't as prolific because they don't have the same fodder or they haven't been doing this or that, and just say, let's, let's uh, put, put together our own IW Beta box for somebody like once a year or something. You know, I know we do the pay it forward, and that just kind of people pull stuff out, but... It'd almost be fun to say, I want to see what this guy would do with more fodder and like ship something out to him. That's actually a really good idea. That's actually a, re a, a really cool idea. And I say that in part because when I first got started on this, and I, I know I've mentioned it before, but I did a, a trade with Tan's Toys that uh, I thought I was just you know shipping him a 25th figure that I'd found for a handful of heads. And he sent me like 50 cast heads. You know, I'm sure they were all extras for him. I mean, just you know, I, I know now the way you accumulate stuff when you're doing this, you end up with a bunch of extra stuff. But for me, that was like, holy God, playing out 50 figures I could make now that I you know, wouldn't have made before just from, from pulling random parts. And it really opened up the whole, you know, the whole way I go about customizing. So just a thought that popped into my head. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. So if we put together, all of us put together parts, we can send somebody like 45 Channing Tatum Duke heads. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of Marlon Wayans heads. So. I, I can send somebody 45 Channing Tatum heads just by myself, I'm sure. Well, and it doesn't have to be like everybody send it to one. It, it could be it could be spaced out with the, you know, with the same general theme. I mean, I, I, did, uh, I didn't even purposely do a trade. Uh, Too Dark to See sent me one of the figures that he'd made for the Cantino, and that was the uh, NJC. Unsolicited, he, I made a comment that it was one of my favorites. He sent it to me, just just an awesome gesture and all of that. And uh, you know, I, I said, hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to get you something. You know, is there anything you're looking for? And, and he said, hey, you know, I don't have a whole lot of female parts, fodder, you know, to do those kind of customs. So I've got a bin here just, to, you know, that I'm, I'm loading up for him, and I'll probably throw some other stuff in there, too. Uh, when I get around to sending it, and that's kind of the other thing that's on my mind. You know, when I had that example, 
or had that that, that idea. He, that's an example of where I think he could really show off his stuff with uh, with with just some more parts on hand. Yeah, a lot of people when they start out, they don't have the the capacity to get a large fodder bank, so they end up using whatever's available when they start, or whatever stuff they find at garage sales or flea markets. That that might actually be a good thing to do to help, uh, like like a starter kit, get get some people to to build up their banks a little bit. No, I will say on, on that specific example with Chris with uh, Too Dark to See, it's almost more fun to see what he does because he, he, do, he does the old, uh, you know, waste no part of the buffalo approach. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he finds parts and uses for them. That's actually, I think, a big reason why his creativity is so cool. But now, Usually anything I can't use on a normal basis goes straight into my swap shop to try to trade off for stuff I can. But helping out of the you know, newbies would be pretty cool, though. The pre-order for... Hacks is up on their web store, bossfightshop.com. Some admins. No, I've got something I want to bring up that's kind of close to this. So everybody got their uh, Marauder stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody re-up a Marauder order yet? I have not ordered any, uh, any more from them, no. I've barely touched the first round. Placed one order after the initial order showed up to make a single custom and then back the Valkyries and I haven't ordered anything since now. I got a small package from uh, Marauder Ruben as part of a trade. I traded him some Star Wars gear for uh, he wanted to do some hacks using, I'm not that, I'm sorry, the MTF figures using Star Wars parts. So I sent him some helmets and, and backpacks and things like that and he sent me, in addition to a couple items he had that was on my list he threw in a vest, uh, a couple of holsters and some of the knives with sheaths from the, uh, the MTF line. So that's about all I have at the moment. But I guess they're, they're kind of cool. The material's really nice. They have, they almost feel like uh, like Hasbro figures. I only ask because I'm about to... I didn't get a full compliment the first time, and I'm about to order up, and I want to get a white guy to do a Baron Ironblood that I saw online, and I need one more blue one because I want to do a... You know, what everybody's doing, I want to do a Viper, but I also want to do a straight-up Cobra Soldier. So I was going to order up a couple and order up some extra parts for some other things. As a matter of fact, one that I'm pretty excited about is uh, I'm doing a scrap iron, and I need to buy, like, a red vest that I, you know, like a red uh, puffy vest that I want to do with stuff like that. And so I was just wondering if anybody else had done that, ordered up a second round, or if everyone was just living off their first order or whatnot. I wish I would have picked just a few more. Like, I, I don't, I still don't think I would have done the all-in. But uh, if I would have just cherry-picked a few more different color variations, because I can tell you, after the fact, trying to piecemeal or, you know, buy a full kitted figure in one color, much less multiple colors, it gets pretty expensive pretty quick for compared to what the Kickstarter prices were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's why when Boss Fight put their pre-order up, it's like, I, I did. I went and grabbed another skeleton because I didn't want to regret missing out on those. I, I don't want to be sitting there months after everything shows up going, man, I should have done that. Well, I talked to um, one of the Boss Fight guys. I forget if it was uh, Dave or Eric. And I asked him if they'd have the material on hand for the next NJCC. And I said they'll have plenty on hand for the show. Which is good because I missed out on the Kickstarter, unfortunately. And with the the pre-order, I just didn't have the extra money because it was Christmas time. I was buying gifts for everybody and I have bills and whatnot to pay, so I missed out on that. But thankfully, they will have a nice assortment available at NJCC. Plus the NJCC Spartan Ultimate exclusive, Spartan yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Plus their show exclusives. 
that they already planned out, the the different color variations. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Outstanding Customs. Outstanding! Best of the best of the best, sir. <laughs> With honor. I give it a, uh, a 10! A 10! Woo! Well, my favorite thing I've seen since our last show is actually by uh, two of our, our good friends that are on the show right now. Yay! The, as I mentioned before, the uh, the AR uh, Bandit Vamp by Jeff and Dennis's uh, newest Doc Savage figure. Those are my two favorite that I've seen in, in, in a while. Wait, I missed that part. I, only, I was walking away and all I heard was Jeff, so I came running back. <laughs> <laughs> Your Bandit it. Vamp is uh, one of my favorite things I've seen since the last show. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank and you for the Doc Savage. Yeah, you, Doc Savage is awesome. Very, very well done. And you, you know who it is as soon as you look at him. So. I think I commented some somewhere on that, but you know, it's funny. The fact that I have 467 you know, whips, that I have an organized list, that I, I you know, put down what parts I want to find to do this or do that and the other. And between starting and finishing a figure is usually a month type of deal. I, I didn't even know I was going to make that Doc Savage till I started. And then the same day I had it done and there it was. It's just kind of funny the way it works out sometimes when you get the get the momentum. Oh, yeah. yeah you get that just like perfect storm. Everything hits all at once and you're able to get it done. And even if it was something you weren't planning on. Those are some of the best ones. So. Oh, is it Matt's... Uh... Here comes a new challenger, the street. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, usually we don't do this, but since you're on the show, can you set up for exactly what that was? So in the spring, Kilkar's wife wanted to do a, make sure he had like a real, you know, memorable, special birthday. So she started contacting a bunch of his friends on Facebook secretly, like, hey, you know, send send a gift. You know, it doesn't need to be anything, you know, big or, you know, whatever. And then, you know, just a card whatever, and then I'm going to surprise surprise him with all of those on his birthday. So, you know, people were, you know, talking like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, we'll send him this. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'll probably want to make him a custom, but I don't know what I'm going to make him, you know. I didn't have any, any thoughts. And then, and he had been, you know, kind of chatting with me, like, because he wanted to make a custom figure of his dog, sure. And he was like, well, you, you know, what, what Ewok parts will work for this? Do you have any of that Ewok? I've got way more fodder than a sane person should, so. And I, I did have the one he needed, you know, but we were discussing it. He's like, you know, so how would you do this part and whatever? You know, so that was kind of in the back of my mind. And then at some point, and I think it was actually because it was something that Jeff had gotten, some kind of one of those loot crate type of deals. And it was like a, a Capcom video game thing. And some of the bits from that ended up in a box that was going around. And one of the things in there was a Street Fighter headband, like Ryu wears. And Billy got it, and he put it on Sherman and put a picture up on Facebook. I saw that, and I... And from talking with, with him about the, the figure he wanted to do, I'm like, I got it. So, yeah, I made uh, a custom figure of his dog as uh, Ryu from Street Fighter. Yeah, that was very imaginative. That was very cool. Yeah, and, and I said in the thread, but using the box that not only is, like, here's the gift, but also as a part of the diorama display, I thought that was pretty smart. Yeah, I wanted to do something fun. You know, well, part of it, I was sending some other gifts, and I didn't really just want this to be like a loose figure floating around in this box. And I also wanted to prolong the surprise. And I'm like, well, let's see, what else can I do that'd be, you know, cool with the box? So, yeah, you know, I mocked up, you know, the game-style bio image, and then I just printed off the background from one of the, the stages and used that in the box. So I was, I'm really happy with how the whole thing came out. Yeah, it was one of, the, one of my favorite uh, projects that I worked on this year. Dennis, you're uh... 
Green Hornet, the Cato, the Green Arrow, Batman, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Just basically your whole output since the last show. You're, like, prolific and pretty good. And- Thank you, sir. You should use that pull quote on your, uh, whatever, you know, your next poster or something. <laughs> on your on your Facebook page. <laughs> Testimonials. He's prolific yeah. and pretty good. In- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Blood Brigade posted that uh, his hustle back ATV. That thing is awesome. It's that perfect blend of the like perfect piece of base fodder and just just the right amount of changes and tweaks to bring it into the Joe aesthetic. That thing's super impressive. Yeah, it's a great little retro vehicle. Definitely a nice uh, like late seventies throwback type deal. I used to actually have one of those vehicles, and so seeing what he was able to do with it, just I immediately went to eBay. It's like, is that the? And then I remembered why it didn't quite work, and it's like. Oh, he actually put, like, work into that and stuff, so. <laughs> yeah. Not just spraying a black and gluing a gun on it. Yeah. Well, his stuff is always very, uh, like, there's a lot of good engineering on the stuff that he does. He makes parts fit together you wouldn't think would fit together. Oh, actually, I was, since, since we're on kind of the AR topic, speaking of that, I gotta say, it was um, Dremel from the board made it to the show and he brought a bunch of his customs with and uh, you know you see the pictures of them and I, I gotta say with his stuff the pictures don't really do them justice seeing them in person and a lot of the work that goes into those you know the, the scratch built seats and all the hinges and opening doors and stuff his stuff is really impressive when you see it in person yeah. I, was, I was blown away I'd asked him to bring like one of his works in progress because for customizers, we kind of get it, you know, it, but, like, sometimes it's just if they're really good at it. It's hard to tell what all goes into it because you just think they're, like, kit bashing. So I asked them to bring a work in progress so people can kind of get a better idea. And I still don't think people that were in the class that saw it got an idea of, like, how much effort that takes. I mean, just getting two... I don't know, rods to be the same sides on both sides of a vehicle is time consuming. You got to measure out, make sure it's a precise cut. Too often with me, I get, you know, yeah, sure, one side of the cut is fine, but the other one's at a complete diagonal across from it. And now I have, you know, not flat ends on the side. So, and then that has to be a door hinge that has to work just right so the doors open and close the way they should. Like, there's so much effort that gets put into it that you don't really get unless you know what goes into it. Exactly, yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. That was, that was really cool. Yeah, seeing, seeing just the engineering and effort that, that goes into those, <laughs> I mean, it's, I appreciate him on, on a whole different level. He's telling me there's some false advertising in his name, though, because he said he doesn't even use a Dremel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> was he, it, it was interesting. He does all the all of those major cuts in the plastic with the hot knife. Oh wow! I'm adding the hot yeah. knife to my toolbox. I would, I would think he would just get high as shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does have lung cancer in a couple of years? <laughs> he was in the class for I don't know, probably like at least two hours. Yeah, he was just hanging out. Just hanging out, and I was like. Are, are you going to participate? He's like, no, I just want to watch. And I was like, well, do you want to teach? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to get up in front of anyone. He's like, you know more about this than we do. <laughs> Jeff, what about you? Anything stick out to you? Yeah, a couple things. I'm not going to tell you, though. Would you care to elaborate, please? No, uh, give me a second. got to wash my brush. You're just peeing in the sink, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I got to do this right. So honestly, just give me a second. If I don't do it right, I'll have really wasted a good opportunity here. That's what she said. Well, thanks, Jeff. We got Bucky on the line. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be pretty sad when this airs and Bucky isn't on it. I know, right? That'd be like the Jimmy Kimmel show where it's always pushing off. What's his name? Uh, Matt Damon, yeah. We'll just end the show. Oh, sorry, we didn't have time for Bucky today. (laughs) (laughs) I think that two of my favorite customs that I've seen since the last time that we've talked are the Alt FSS Spy Troops Sneak Peek and the Range Viper Cadra by Dan B and Roxy T. Oh, yes, those were very, very well done. Yeah, getting this, some of us got to see those in progress and uh the sculpts are great oh that sneak peek was the bomb yeah that's an inspired build it's a it's insanely inspired like the fact that nobody thought of using the spy troops armor for sneak peek before just and what a perfect base figure to use that you know with the gray and the red already it just smart and made me slap myself for not thinking of it well and it just makes the whole (laughs) idea of Spy troops and sneak peek being advanced recon. It's like, how did a company not put this together before, you know? Well, they don't think that deeply into their own mythos. Uh, it's fantastic. And the way they did it, normally when I make a custom, I'm like, nobody else touched this because if you move this arm, all the paint's <laughs> going to chip off and you, you break it, you buy it. But these figures from these guys are amazing. I'm posing them, I'm taking the armor off, I'm swapping out the heads, putting on all the different accessories, and they're nothing. They're perfect. The quality of the work that went into these is just outstanding. And hopefully everybody who's listening to this podcast knows that this Alt-FSS means that I took the money for the club and I threw it at Dan and Roxy and I said, why don't you just do 13 figures? And so these are the first two. So I got 11 more to look forward to and I'm very excited. If this is any indication of as to what's to come, this is going to be awesome all the way. Did they give you a list of uh, like 12 of the 13, leave the last one as a a mystery or are they all a mystery? No, I asked, I, I specifically said, please don't tell me. I don't want to know. I want to. I want to open them up and be surprised every time. Every package yeah, is a surprise. That's nice. Yeah. From what I've seen of what's being done, Jeff, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, literally. I mean, I think the the work that's going to go into them looks like it's progressively more and more. Well, if you said literally, that means one of the figures is iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a little side note, a little piece of of trivia. So, Dan, I, I I don't know. We were just chatting about something one day, and the range. Viper Cadre came up, and I mean the the work he's doing here is is stuff I can't do. I can't paint camo like that. I can't prep figures like that, and I I can't piece together, and I can't sculpt like that. But what's more is we're talking about it, and he's like, so yeah, I was watching Friday the Thirteenth, and I thought, man, you know who'd be a good survivalist? And boom, now I have it. <laughs> Nice. And you're going to get anyway. passing on the club that we got with you, too. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, apparently there's more ready to go. I told him to back off and start doing, you know, that whole, we're not going to do this at the same time as the club. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I leave it up to them now, however, the, however they want to do it. What's really funny, though, is, you know, we had that little group of friends that went into the subscription together. And so everybody kind of joined up and picked the figures they wanted, and we bought those FSS figures together. Anyway, so these two figures show up in a box from the FS or from the club set that I had sent to Dan. So in other words, he was sending them back to me. 
Nice. Nice. That's all. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I know that you guys are privy. I got kicked out of that group, so I don't see any of that stuff. So I know you guys all know more about it than I do. So you probably can't talk about it or anything like that. And we don't have anybody else on besides Spectre that doesn't know about it. So I guess... lots to say. I mean, I don't remember where they're at. So I, I know they started on the next two, but I, I can't remember where they're at. They, I don't think they showed us finished pictures of the last two until they were on their way. That's, that's cool. cool. I mean, yeah. Well, that's fun, isn't it? I mean, that's fun for you guys, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this would be fun for all of us since it's, you know, I don't know anybody else who's ever done this before. Let's just try it. That's cool. And, and they're doing cool stuff. Well, and, you know, the going rate for a normal uh, a normal custom without much effort in it, you're, uh, you're making out like a bandit on that deal. Oh, yeah. Well... And you know what? It's I, I know that I'm getting a good deal on it. And these these are, you know, on eBay, these would go for three times easy what I'm paying for them. But part of it is also they're, they're kind of looking for some marketing material because I think they'd be willing to branch out into commissions and yeah. if someone else were interested in this. And I, you know, I posted some of this and it got cross-posted on Facebook and people were interested in these if they could scale up and do more than one of, you know, not yeah. have them be unique customs but you know half a dozen of each one that type of thing sure no it's a great portfolio project oh certainly but i I thought the same thing with your super stinger thing i mean knowing that there's a lot of difficulties and hassle involved with it just at the end of the day you you know no one's going to take away from you what you accomplished on it oh i wasn't really looking for a compliment but thank you (laughs) (laughs) plan on giving it to you but you know (laughs) while dan's away i'll just cover some of the calendar dates and JC is due the 29th. When's the uh, celebration? Toy Fair week. I think it's the 15th of February. It's that Monday after Valentine's. Pull it on my calendar. Yeah, so custom celebration is now the 15th through the 29th. And that's our 10th year? Yeah, because uh, twenty. Yeah, this is our 10th. And how long celebration. have you been the boss? I don't know. It's 12.30 my time. <laughs> I'm so tired. Forever. Forever. <laughs> That's four Podgeritas for those of you playing at home. (laughs) When we were doing the NJC dates and stuff, looking at it and realizing, I was like, the 20, you know, February 29th. Wait, that doesn't, what? (laughs) Leap year. That's in the mix. Who started those custom celebrations? It was Sidewinder, wasn't it? Actually, it was Grand Slam who did the Joe Customs Awards. And then custom celebration, I think it might have actually been Brad who, like, it was his idea. Because I don't know if you remember, like, there was Joe Con used to be, like, early summer. But then you'd have, like, months and months and months where no new product was coming out. You know, not until the holiday season, then not until the next year. There was no new news. We knew stuff was coming, but it just wasn't hitting shelves yet. And so there was all this dead time where there was, like, this massive lull. And we used custom celebration to kind of build excitement back up before we kicked into things. And then we tied them together, you know, the Joe Customs Awards and custom celebration because it's coming right off a toy fair so everybody's really hyped it's like you know but you're still not going to get the toys (laughs) like what you see at toy fair won't be available for you know another three to six months up to a year later so there's still all this hype and like yeah that's awesome and this year they're supposed to have something new to show supposed to 
theoretically, that's what we've been hearing. So, you know, it's a good year. We'll tie those, that news into the custom celebration. Kind of, hopefully, it'll spark some ideas and stuff once people see what's out there and what they can do with it when it hits. It's going to be a big month. So how does Joe Customs deal with the onslaught of Marauder and Hacks Customs that are about to hit us first quarter, second quarter of next year. We don't do anything differently. I yeah, guess. it's just another format, that's all. Yeah. So all gallery submissions just has, has to either be a Joe or have the word Joe in the bio? Yeah, first submit. I mean, the critique section has always been open. We want to see whatever you're customizing. So that's not right. different. The gallery, yeah, it still has to be within the realm. And we can, that's the thing. We'll, we'll adapt to what's out there. If it becomes a thing, and of course I want to, I want to, pimp it and try to help them and i i want to customize with it too so you know i think we'll make a big deal of it i'm sure everyone will you know trying to show off their customs of what they came up with and we'll make a big deal of it when it hits but when it comes to the gallery i don't know we'll see what happens and we'll adapt if we have to i need like 200 skulls maybe someday we'll see like you know an accessory pack of like a bag of like 15 skulls for 10 bucks or whatever you know i would bet that they wouldn't be opposed to it to be quite i mean a lot of clubs give you lip service about oh tell us what you want we'll set it up for yeah, but these guys seem a little bit more like, well, you know, we've had 300 people request 300 skulls apiece. We should just run some skulls. Yeah, yeah. And I think the only limitation that you would have would be how their uh, how their tooling breaks and whether stuff is gangled or not. If you've got the full skeleton in a in a single mold, which I doubt you would. But it's certainly possible. Then you know it wouldn't make sense for them that they wouldn't be able to just run skulls. You know? Exactly. Yeah, they would have to be how it's laid out. But way to bring your skills into the conversation. But given given the way, I'm sure anything that we're getting a blank body color on. There's absolutely talk about doing skeletons or whatever in that. And I know I'm pretty sure Emerald Green or something for Aquaman will definitely be making it into the blanks. <laughs> yeah, Emerald Green and Orange. Yeah. yeah. And then, I'll uh, tell you, that one skeleton that uh, they put the picture up of, the clear purple one, that thing looks awesome. It looks like like, um, like something a wizard would have conjured. It's like an energy skeleton. It's very cool looking. Yeah. Oh, Parting uh, <laughs> shots. <laughs> Anyone want to do any shout-outs or anything? Is there anything on anybody's list that we didn't get around to talking to? No, nothing I can think of. I think we pretty much covered everything and then some. I think we said uh, last year we would let Dan do the, the happy holidays and <laughs> instead of trying to get everybody on the same page. Jeff! <laughs> so. Happy, happy, wait, calm down. <laughs> what are we saying? I, I think we'll just let Dan say it. Wait, Dan? Yes? <laughs> Will you say it for all of us? I will. I'd be very happy to. Happy holidays from JoeCustoms.com podcast. Nice. You're very welcome. Thank you. Wait, don't we want to say something about 2016? You or go just, for it. You go for it. No, you go for it. No, you. you. I probably hope nobody on this on the podcast dies in 2016. Morbid. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Good sentiment, though. I agree. Let's let none of us die. Always dremel with your underwear on. <laughs> Optional with hot glue. Don't cook bacon in the nude. <laughs> Words to live by, folks. <laughs> Actually, that is kind of a good... What did you learn to not do in 2016? In my Why case, not to change a tire when you have a heart condition? <laughs> <laughs> in my case, it was... It was a lot of customizer-related <laughs> It affected his, all of his customizing for the entire year. It counts. Yeah, pretty fair enough.
Do not let your Dremel with the grinding wheel bounce across your fingernails. Ugh. No, it's not the initial part that hurts because all it does is just kind of gouge you a little bit. It's when they grow out and all of a sudden that gouge becomes like a nick on your edge of your fingernail. Yeah, that's when it sucks. I just got done dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah. I like all the way out. I'm still trying to trim the rest of this off before it splits. Matt, what about you? I'm I'm constantly reteaching myself not to do things. Mostly to do with impatience when it comes to spray painting and priming and such. I've learned time and time again if I spray paint something, I need to have somewhere to go or other projects to work on or I am going to mess up my paint. I have to let it sit and dry longer than I am willing to let it if if I don't distract myself. What about you, Dennis? I've learned to hold off on the fourth margarita while podcasting <laughs> on Saturday night. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll get to it sooner. <laughs> I learned that uh, baking soda is a super glue catalyst and that you probably shouldn't get it on the cap of your super glue or else you cannot use your super glue. Oh, by the way, super glue and paper towels is an exothermic reaction. And if you have too much super glue that you try to wipe up, it will actually start smoking and probably eventually turn that into a fire. Same thing happens with certain nylons. If you try to to glue the the grommet back onto a shoelace with super glue, you get a lot of smoke and fumes and it smells terrible. Also, don't dremel areas that have wet super glue on them because it will turn into a gas, which is the same gas they use for fingerprinting, and it will burn your lung. And your eyeballs. Yes. Don't spray paint into a plastic cup. Ah. <laughs> what are you doing on Saturday night? <laughs> uh, actually, I can attest to that as well. Hey, this is getting kind of goopy on the bottom here. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's running all over my fingers? <laughs> Close out of contact. <laughs> All we've got here is it's getting kind of goofy on the bottom, and watch this running down my fingers. If that isn't the best note to end this podcast on, I don't know what is. Happy New Year, fellas. (laughs) (laughs) And a pinch to grow an inch. We need Dan to do that. Freaking General Hospital style. Will Jeff find out what's running down his fingers? Tune in to the Joe Customs Podcast in 2016 to find out. Let's see if you can find some crappy organ music to put underneath that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the, uh, soap theme song. Organ music. Hey, love. This is Bucky. My favorite part of last year was uh, attending the Joe Con and Assembly Required and uh, hanging out with all the great guys from Joe Customs and seeing all the great work from all around the country that everybody does and the globe. Can't forget my Canadian friends. I look forward to seeing all the rest of them this upcoming June in Loveland, Colorado. Hope you can be there. Everybody at Joe Customs, thank you for all your support and looking at my unspectacular customs, and I look forward to seeing all of your great customs in the coming year at the holidays. The Joe Customs Podcast crew would like to thank you for listening in 2015, and we'll see you again in 2016. Unless we die. Once again, the world is a safe place to be, thanks to the G.I. Joe team of experts. G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Have a good time in the bathroom. <laughs> hey. But don't think, don't think of me. Only think of Billy. <laughs> <laughs>
Agreed. Now he's going to be gone for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. Uh, mm.